this is the new, new this is the new uh, city edition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remix See, of the games. It's, like, it's the new school, the old school, new school. Oh. It's got the basketball leather. Yeah. Oh, that's actually leather on there? It's the new texture. school, old school. Yeah. Exactly. Dude. I mean, that was all the stuff when we got yeah. a basketball team. That was what my entire room was lined with. It was just like that logo right there. Mm-hmm. So it's my it's like my childhood. When you, I saw your hat coming up the stairs, I got all excited. Well, this is this is old. This is from that era. Like oh, this, no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my bucket hat, too, that I wore a lot. Was it last night? Yeah. Wait, so it's Thursday. Okay, yeah. We had a game last night. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Lost. But uh, this guy was like... Where can I get that bucket at, man? I go, you're going to have to get a flux capacitor. <laughs> you're going to need 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah, yeah, you knew exactly what I was saying. He's like, ah! He's just drunk dad, just having the time of his life. Am I, am I, is this a Mandela effect, or do I remember that in the movie, Christopher Lloyd said gigawatts, not gigawatts? Yeah, I think so. I think he no. says that. I think they just I let hey, it go. Hey, shout out to the, is that a VCR TV combo? Oh, hell yeah, it is. Your ass it is. <laughs> you bet your ass I, it. I bet it does, but that's the, Ar- the Arbor company uses. Right? Because that's how I started DJing is watching these uh, VHS. Wow. Shows. I think these guys use it for training videos. Yeah. The Arbor company up here. Oh, okay. I think it's like a really have... outdated, like, sexual harassment right. video. Yeah. It's like... The camera angle changes, it's and fun. it takes a while for him to go over there. Exactly. <laughs> someday, someday I should just come over here with my wife and order a pizza, and we can watch some shitty movie on yeah. there you go. on that Clueless. little TV. Get the the the. the Do you little... have more of these or no? <laughs> uh, we have we have, we another, have beer. another beer, but these <laughs> are our high lives. These are the three high lives we have. Mm. All right, I just like the beer right now. It's really yeah, good. I know. And I drank nice this already, chili. so so we should probably pour you another one of those. Uh, um, well, yeah. I mean, what do you say? Should we just get into this shit? Sure. I, think I think we're getting into it. I think we are into it. I think we're knee in, deep. We're knee deep in the hoopla, much like my favorite Starship Jefferson would have mm. said. Uh, you know my voice. Uh, I hope, anyway, if you're dialing into this. If you don't, my name is Ben Quam, oh, hey. and uh, I talk a lot and I do things, and uh, I get very hyperbolic in my volume levels. Directly across from me is someone slightly different. Uh, I believe your name is Charles. Oh, shit. What up? What up? Mr. Charles Wad uh, is here, and uh, the third voice that you are hearing is uh, uh, a longtime friend and uh, former coworker in a number of different ways. Uh, my good man, would you introduce yourself and uh, let the people know what you're up to? Hello, everybody out there. My name is Nick Dirks, also known as DJ Mad Mardigan. DJ Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan, Mardigan. Mardigan. <laughs> um, I actually used to have a sample that did that. It, it was the devil voice uh, effect on guitar, <laughs> on uh, guitar garage band. There you go. Anyway, yes, I'm uh, DJ Mad Mardigan, the official DJ of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Minnesota Lynx, and owner and operator of Generation Now Entertainment, which is a Minneapolis-based DJ company uh, specializing in high-end events, pro sports, weddings, anything that requires a DJ that can keep a dance floor rocking or a vibe set. That's what we do. And I'm um, happy to be here. Bringing the, the old school, all vinyl feel to everything. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, and also like literally rocking the crowds. Um, as somebody who uh, used to work with you with the Minnesota Timberwolves and also has done a number of special events, it really is all about getting the crowd into it and, and, getting everybody kind of not commanding the crowd. I, I always felt like that's a weird thing to say, but like, yeah. like conducting the crowd, like you're all a part of the orchestra and you're kind of the one who's setting up how everybody gets that vibe going. Like, do you, do you feel that way when you're down in the court playing? Oh yeah, definitely get uh, conductor. That's a good word for it. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. Like I couldn't imagine doing anything else 
you know, at this point. So, um, especially this year at the Target Center for the Minnesota Timberwolves, we've just been dominating on the court, which makes my music alter and change and try to fit that vibe and increase that vibe. Yeah. And also uh, taking into consideration the people that are, you know, in front of me, the crowd, but also the players, which those two things can be drastically different between what I think the crowd wants and what I know the players want. So it's just, it's just such a fun puzzle to put together game after game. Would you say there's not a lot of players that are hoping that you're going to drop like YMCA and get the whole crowd to <laughs> yeah, That's not banging zero anymore. Zero <laughs> percent. Uh, so uh, I, uh, in, the, in the interest of being 100% uh, clear and honest, uh, the season that I worked with uh, Mards at, mm-hmm. for the Timberwolves at Target Center was statistically one of the worst seasons that the team has ever had. And so I spent a whole lot of time trying to figure out how to motivate 6,000 people in a room that holds 20,000 people while also trying to keep, you know, players interested in what was going on and whatnot. I just have to ask you, I've been to a a, a few games this year, but I have to ask you, how is that energy different? Like, do you, do you feel like it's just a completely different room in there right now? Yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, so there was a turning point in the season and we don't have to stand basketball for too long, but like D'Lo was in a, uh, uh, he was in a uh, post game press conference and kind of brought up that like, hey man, we're on the, we're on a run, we're killing it out there, and the fans need to be more engaged. Y'all need to be yeah, louder, Minnesota. Support, you need to represent right. just stuff like that. And it went viral everywhere. And literally the next game, we we made a couple uh, changes. We did um, now Crunch gets on this like 25, 30 foot. I don't even know this ladder that they custom built this ladder for this one purpose. And he's telling everyone to get up on their feet, and then uh, the fans stay on their feet until we make the first basket. And so just little things like that, mm-hmm. but then just the the noise level, the decibel level uh, of the crowd um, this season, but then especially after D'Lo made those comments, has just been like night and day, and now it's just like you just get goosebumps when you're standing back, even if I'm not doing anything, you know? Um, <laughs> and if the refs, God forbid, they make a bad call, which they made a lot of bad calls last night, you he- start hearing... <laughs> Ref, you suck. And it's low. Ref, you suck. And next, you know, the whole place, ref, you suck. And it's just like. That's amazing. It's great. And we had a wave. We had a wave this yeah. year, dude. We haven't had a wave. In, That's some old school throwback shit. Ever, dude. It's just, well, and it then we also me. have the. We have, we have the duality with the WNBA, too, because we have, like, a string of kind of unparalleled success with the Minnesota Lynx over the last right. decade with all of their continued success, basically winning a championship every other year for that run. Did you, did you take some of the stuff from those games and bring that over to NBA stuff? Was it, or is it wildly, is it that different? Yeah, a little bit, a little performance-wise. Yeah. yeah, definitely, like... You know, like if you have a crowd that's engaged in front of you, like whether you're at a, a, a little bar with 100 people or the Target Center, like it just gets you. It's like this circle that just keeps perpetuating more and more and more energy. And so, yeah, definitely like um, but music wise, uh, it is drastically different. What people will hear in it at a Lynx game from a Timberwolves game. Um, we get it's a lot more open format with the Lynx where I can play 80s sing along type mm-hmm. of remixes and stuff like that. Um, whereas with the Timberwolves, it's just energy and just, you know, hype and just testosterone, you know, very few female vocals. Um, and so, yeah, so like just feeding off the energy from the crowd at those Lynx games. Sure. It's feeling definitely similar this season with these regular home season games. Do you feel that when you, when you take that out of the arena and you're at a, you're at a wedding in the middle of nowhere at a barn, 
on like a beautiful farm. Do you, does, does some of that vibe come with you? Like, are you hoping to get that, uh, to use a, a, an inside industry term, like a hot time out in the middle of a wedding when all of a sudden <laughs> you just got to blow it up because the bride hit the dance floor? Like, do you feel that or is it a completely different compartment in your head? It can definitely get there. Like a few times a, a wedding, it can get to that level where you feel that. Um, but uh, weddings are, I love what doing weddings, you know, like when I first started Generation Now in t- 2010, that was kind of the whole idea is like, let's take DJs that were normally just in nightclubs and put them into wedding scenarios and high end corporate event scenarios and stuff like that. And so our clients now, after being around for 11 years, they understand like, oh, that's a Gen Now DJ. Okay, well, you're going to have a, someone who's mixing songs, you know, that they're, uh, they're blending perfectly together. They're reading the crowd. They're feeling the energy in the room. They're saying the right things on the microphone. Um, they're doing little turntable tricks and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I just, uh, it, it is definitely different, you know, the c- comparing the energies of each, but I definitely find myself uh, in wedding scenarios feeling that just like over, overwhelming sense of just hype. Uh, yeah, as as somebody who has uh, who has done a wedding at the Chicago Field Museum of Natural History and standing underneath Sue the Tyrannosaurus Rex, got to yell, "Y'all ready to turn the fuck up?" and then dropping a bass beat and watching the security guard double over laughing, and then come over to me and tell me, "I've been working here 32 years. I had never heard nobody say some shit like that." And he gave me a high five and a half hug, and then he walked away. And I was like, "All right." Go sign from security. <laughs> as long as he's good and Sue seems to be all right, we're going to be fine. Oh, <laughs> but uh, I guess if we're speaking of, of weddings, Charles, one thing that we do at weddings a lot is a toast. And we do have some cups. I feel like we need to pour some more in Mards's, though. Oh, wow. This, did this come empty? Or yeah, I think I, it evaporated. Wow. Oh, right I must <laughs> so, so what are we drinking on so, here, fellas? Thank you yeah, for the question. We'll get to that. So uh, this actually came up uh, earlier today, and then Nick fed right into it when I asked him what he wanted to drink. Um, this is a small rum distillery in Puerto Rico called Ronde Berolito. It is uh, single-handedly the best-smelling place I've ever been on Earth. Um, wow. The vats that they use, it's a spice rum. It's the three-star that we, we have available here. I would love to pretend that this is the bottle I bought brought back from Puerto Rico, but it is yeah. not. COVID, COVID and the, the shutdown killed that. But we do get it every now and then in our market. Um, it's a fantastic uh, rum. Charles, you hit it on the head when we first walked in. I get like straight up caramel corn, like at a fair. That's what I get from that. Um, but the, the giant, Oh, now that's all I can smell, right? <laughs> the vats that they age that in with all Damn. of the different fruits and spices, um, are the same vats that they've been using for the last like 60 years. So they're completely lacquered in all of this like sugar residue and basically molasses and that room, the smell in that room, cause it's connected to then the barrel aging room and they have barrels in that room that go back to the fifties. And the smell, it was, it was intoxicating. Like if I could have wrapped myself in that and worn it for the rest of my life, that would have been my cologne. So when you asked for uh, something in the rum family, I thought, well, this would be a a great way to go about that. And then I have uh, something that we can introduce a little bit later, maybe for the, uh, for the final shot, um, a little homemade project that I've talked about dozens of episodes ago that we have some left over. But I figure, uh, we should say uh, Skol or Nasrovia or uh, Kampai, whatever you choose. Kaskin. Kaskin. Uh, either way, cheers. Cheers. To hey, friends, cheers, and uh, we can jump into this. Cheers, Charles. 
I'm going to sip on this because it's that good. It's just fantastic. Plus, you're ahead of us. You got ahead of us. So. Remember, it was empty when I yeah. showed up. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh, like, shit. what is this empty cup for? And then now I know because there's stuff in it. Mm. Uh, but it kind of actually talking about drinks and that you really like this leads into to my first question, um, which was way back when we first met, which I think we're going on like 11, 12 years ish. Yeah. When we first started hanging out, you were almost strictly a bottle of Heineken and then maybe a shot or two kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you've grown and now, uh, you know, you got kids, you got a wife. As you've grown, is that still your jam? Do you, have you changed what you enjoy drinking? Have you explored into other things? Like, where, where are you now in beverage consumption? And so those days, I was doing either Heineken or Red Stripe. Oh, I forgot about the Red Stripe. Shout out yeah. to Red Stripes. <laughs> I can't really find them uh, out in the burbs, but... That was um, back when, like, the Hure Bia campaign was just murdering yeah, it, and it was no everywhere. Shit. Like, every nightclub had Red Stripe. It was so delicious. And yeah, then, yeah, the first half had the, like, the big ones, you know, that, like, if you got hit on the head, you would die. Yeah. Um, that was how I got into Red Stripe, because I just yeah, love the idea of yeah, walking yeah. around with that, like, apothecary <laughs> bottle. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah that's uh, Newcastle, part. too. They had the gigantic <laughs> bottles in Newcastle. I used yeah. to always oh, drink yeah. Newcastle at first half. Dude, absolutely. Like, what an insane Like, what are they thing. trying to do to us? <laughs> like, I'm at a really hot, sweaty concert. You know what right. I need is a huge malt bomb of, that like, you, a thicker brown ale. <laughs> that you drink really fast, because it gets warm so fast, because it's hot in there. Right, right, right. Next thing awful. you know, you've had four of them. But maybe they have, like, the, the sneak attack dudes in mind that are trying to get up front and then stay up there it's like i don't want to have to go back that's fair grab another one yep. at least i got this uh, warm one yeah good <laughs> better than <Yeah>. no <laughs> so so yeah it was those two beers and then i still like heineken uh and red stripe but i was doing yag bombs back then you guys oh, remember yeah. yag bombs oh boy yeah that is a Hard specific <laughs> flavor that i don't think Hard i could to explain to this are guy. they still a thing because i hope not I don't. <laughs> there got to be people who still do them. I'm a sure there mine are. The other but day eventually, on a chat thread was doing a uh, vodka Red Bull, so people are still mixing yeah. alcohol. There's, um, I've seen a lot mm. more of like um, Vegas bombs and like uh, there's a, a Tang recipe that uses Fox the yellow. Uh, it's, it's, oh it's, yeah, the Tang. One it's like good. Red Bull and some sort of schnapps and. Oh, it's a bunch of shit. It's a bunch of shit. It's a mix. Shot. We ordered for my buddy's 21st birthday. We ordered Yag bombs in Vegas at. Fuck, where were we? I don't remember. We were at one of the major casinos, but they were like 30 bucks each. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. No. We were like, the uh, can of Red Bulls, you probably charge me six bucks for that. The Shadow Jagermeister, you probably would have charged me like six bucks for that. The, the same guy that 30 was, bucks again. <laughs> the same guy that was with me at the um, at the Chicago Field Museum of Natural History show, we, we were in Vegas for a show together, and we ordered <laughs> we ordered one round of cocktails to our room. And it was, we, we got absolute Red Bulls to the room because we had to, mm. you know, go out and we were going to be mm. out till like five or 6 a.m. And uh, one round of single pour absolute Red Bulls, $62 wow. plus tip. <laughs> I was like, this isn't even like, that's not even real money. Like, this is just fake. Right. Like, sorry, here's a credit card. I don't I'm surprised it. by that in Chicago, too, because. <laughs> like, I need it. I don't Chicago's care what overpriced. it costs. No, no, no. That was in Vegas. We did. Oh, I thought we, you no. said. Okay. I, the same guy same that guy I was you were in there with. with. Got it. Okay. Vegas. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The one who Vegas shall not New be York. named. Yeah, forever. he died in Vegas, and I never saw him again. That's Damn. all I know. Uh, so, it worked out all right. R.I.P. Or not. Um, so, anyway, uh, I hate to disappoint you, man, but how it's evolved and changed 
is I love the hard seltzers, dude. Yeah, there's, uh, it's there's fair. No it's disappointment. fine. I know it is. We did. Uh, we had a friend of the podcast and, and former guest, Cat Perkins. Uh, yeah. We did an entire episode that. where we only drank seltzers. Yeah. So it's I a saw thing. that when I, I scrolled it. through your claws. So I was like, that's <laughs> so my girl. Claws. So many claws. <laughs> we must have had a so case good. of claws. That we did. We, s- we drank a case of you're claws. You truly are hydrating yourself, you know? what? Whilst? Whilst? How do you say that word? Whilst? Whilst. <laughs> it's, it's easier to spell it out in a post and look like really <laughs> you official. Got it. You got it. Uh, <laughs> it was, that was the toughest podcast to navigate with bathroom breaks. That was... Oh, if only Surge boy. existed at that time, because I don't think the, the Surge version was out quite yet, but that's the 8% alcohol version. Yeah. Have you had those yet? No, no. I haven't either. They're Oh, they're great. They taste like a fucking cocktail. Really? They mm. taste like a cocktail in a can. It's 8%, 160 calories, so basically they stuck to the formula of 20 calories per percent. Yeah. You get a lot less full, so I like them way more. All right. Because the problem when I drink claws is that I just get full before I ever feel anything, which is fine, too. I'm not necessarily trying to get hammered if i'm only drinking white claw but those surges those it's funny how they sneak up on you because you're accustomed to drinking five percent seltzers across the board 4.6 to 5.2 is basically the sweet spot (laughs) but eight percent it is essentially a cocktail in a can yeah there's a cranberry one blood orange lime and blackberry and they basically taste like the derivatives of each of those things if you think of the cocktail you know what? I didn't realize that it was a surge, but I did get to mm. try. I tried a little bit of the blackberry one. I just said I had never seen that was flavor the dark before. Blue can? Yeah, that's, that's I didn't yeah, notice the surge. Right. I just thought they were doing different can art. I didn't realize that was it. What's your? What's your? Do you have a brand or a flavor that's your jam? Yeah, I was just gonna say like I love the iced tea Trulies. And because you get a little, it's just like a vodka rebel. You get a little bit of the caffeine. You get that tea taste. All I heard when you said that was Ice T's voice in my head going like, "Hell yeah, you you sure as shit do like those, man." I'm Ice T. And <laughs> hey, yo, Cap, hold my badge. I'm about to bust a cap in this fool. <laughs> He'd always be the one in Law and Order that's like. Is like, I'm going to lose my pension over this food. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd always be like threatening that he's going to beat up the, the, the perp. You know, never does, but it just like leaves the room. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm going to flex on you and make it sound like I will. So, yeah, I love the uh, White Claw makes them now, too, where they're, it's black tea and, you know, lemon or peach. Are the truly or, ones sweet? Because the White Claw ones I find to be too sweet. The, the Trulies are definitely less on the sweet tip. The, I would, the icy ones. Like, they're the same amount, I think, of calories or sugar, sure, or whatever, but sure. they don't taste as sweet as uh, White Claws, in my opinion. Yeah, the White Claw tea ones almost taste like they have some sort of, like, a weird sweetener in it. Oh, so you've Something tried those about then? Them. Yeah. Well, because I like, I do like White Claws. I'll drink them. Mm-hmm. I like local seltzers. I like okay. hard, hard seltzers. I like White Claws. I'll drink all that stuff. But the my brother and his wife uh, brought over a case of those to a barbecue last summer like early summer the uh, white claw version and i just found them to be really sweet okay yeah so if the truly ones are less sweet i would try them you know what's really sweet what's that Us. your friendship fellas <laughs> it's it's, Sorry, bl- I just really it's wanted blossoming to ruin, i wanted to right. ruin that we don't have, <laughs> i wanted to we don't ruin that this, we don't know this podcast a lot but we're gonna have to wipe that <laughs> <laughs> nope no edits no edits erased uh, is there a is there a, a, a like a, a shot or a hard alcohol that you enjoy at all, or is it just kind of the claws? So when I texted it? you today, when you asked me what I, we we should do, you were serious. I was like dead serious. <laughs> There's this mango habanero infused vodka. I don't know who makes it. I kept the bottle, so I should have taken a picture oh, of it. Shit. But, 
But then I mixed that with um, some like mango uh, LaCroix mm. and some orange bitters and then muddle some orange peel, mm-hmm. toss that in there. Uh, maybe a chunk of mango too, just for, you know, mm-hmm. and then just a dash of uh, orange juice, Ooh, just yeah. to yeah, color it up a little bit. And I could dig that. So yeah, when you texted, hey, what should we get? That's what I wrote. I was like, well, can you please have mango infused <laughs> <laughs> vodka? So it's basically that recipe. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and again, in the interest of being <laughs> like, honest, uh, <laughs> like I told Charles about that and I said, I mean, we could honestly get pretty close to that. Like we could make something very similar to that. And in the summer, part two, part two. I really enjoy doing that. I love finding really crisp and reason. clean effervescent things because you do i mean easy like using LaCroix to make a cocktail is an expert move for amateur cocktail making if you're just like i want to make something Mm -hmm. having those on hand is great like uh josh freeman friend of mine um is he from bloomington i don't know if he's a josh freeman pro pull tab player josh freeman (laughs) Oh, yeah, wow. well, he shows Scary. you the winners. Yeah, if you're yeah, listening, right. Freeman. But he likes <laughs> Freeman. Do, I love you. <laughs> he likes to use the um, which one is it? The blackberry Lacroix. Is there a blackberry a berry? Maybe it's just the berry Lacroix. Yeah. They have a berry, but he uses that and makes like this little gin cocktail. It's like a specialty cocktail if you come to his patio in the summer. And I'm like, you know what? That works really well because prior to having that, I didn't think like for me it didn't work. I'm like, I'd rather just use soda water or seltzer. But he nailed it, and I'm like, you know what? You can make fucking cocktails with those things. Yeah, highly recommended. I, I have a soda stream. Uh, we've talked about this before. It's this. It's the only reason that I haven't gotten into hard seltzers because I can make soda water whenever I want. And if we have a bottle of vodka or gin or Akavit, I can make my own drink with it. But it's been trying to figure out other things to mix in. So mm-hmm. the same process that you use to make bitters, uh, our friend John and I uh, have made like a habanero tincture. So we'll just do a couple dashes of that, and it spices everything up, but it doesn't kill the flavor. And then whatever fruit flavors we bring in, you get all of that flavor, and it's not being weighed down. Not that I don't love that sweet, fresh flavor in a pepper, but sometimes I don't want that to color everything. I want, mm-hmm. like, green peppers on a pizza is fine, except everything tastes like green peppers then to me. So sometimes I just like having the heat without having all the flavor in there. And then I'll use, like, you know, literally get mango and put that in there and do a little bit of the um, the mango juice from, like, the Mercado, and then boom. Like, it just, it's awesome. And so I'm creating basically hard seltzers at home. That's sick, dude. Just, I need to have one of those. Oh, it's the best. So let me ask you this. For a 12-ounce, aren't they 12-ounce cans, White Claws and Trulies, right? They're 12? Yes. Yeah. In a 12 ounces of that, what you make, what amount of vodka, like, tablespoons, let's say, well, I'll do like how I'll much do, like, makes two, it that 5%. So I'll do a pint glass and I'll do two ounces of soda water and then fill the rest with, or two ounces of booze and then fill the rest with soda water. So okay. you throw a couple ice cubes in there and it's roughly, it comes out it, about it, the same. It probably does add up. People, people would be surprised to know what the ABV of a mixed drink is. I did like a math study with former guests of the podcast, Nathan Beck at, my house a couple of weeks ago, standing in the garage when we were drinking. God, what? Were, oh, I made um, I made whiskey highballs. I made Jim Beam whiskey oh, yeah. highballs. And then he was like, "What percentage alcohol is this?" I did the math. I'm not do. I'm not going to do it on the air. But the ones that I made with two ounces, so two ounces of whiskey in those highballs, I broke down to be about twelve percent alcohol. Mm. So if you did one shot in a highball, 
you kind of got yeah. a whiskey LaCroix. Or two ounces in a pint glass, so it's bigger. Like a much larger yeah. glass, right. But, you know, and then I think people don't think about the fact that it's not that high because you only think about the booze. Right. You don't think about the neutrality of, you know, like a martini is very high alcohol because the other components have alcohol in them mm-hmm. except for if you add, like, olive juice, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're making many cocktails, like if you're making a highball and you add seltzer water to whiskey, most of the liquid in there is neutral. Mm-hmm. It's only the whiskey that is, it starts out at, say, 80% if you're using beam, and then you just dilute the fuck out of it. And it should also be noted that the strongest it will be is the minute that you pour it. And then from yeah. then on, it will uh, only ice. dilute more. Right. So as long as you kind of slow roll it, it'll keep keep diluting. Um, I do. If We've contemplated the soda stream thing, dude. Because we, we go through so, we have to have a rule in our house because there's five of us, mm-hmm. my wife and our uh, three kids, and we all love... It doesn't matter if it's LaCroix or bubbly. It doesn't yeah. matter. They just, they get consumed. So it's like you get one a day, mm-hmm. but even then that like adds up. Cause then it's like three, four of us, you know, yeah. drinking that. Sure. I drank uh, also for teeth. One a day is good. One. A, that's why I only drink one a day. For what? It's bad for your teeth. What is the LaCroix. carbonation? Yeah. The, there's an enzyme. I don't, I'm whoa, not going to speak to the whoa, science, bro, whoa. if you drink a lot of LaCroix because of the bubbles, oh. there's an enzymatic process. You just have to make sure you're, you're drinking uh, other things because it's the same as like like normal stuff that has sugar in it. Yeah, it's yeah. also bad for your teeth. You just have to make sure that like that's not your only source of hydration. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. for me, I'll drink, I'll have one a day and limit it at that because consuming too many of them will fuck your teeth up. Oh, I d- wow. I, I actually never heard that. But. Uh, it also increases your appetite. Yes, that that same enzymatic process makes you have an appetite, which is fucking weird. Which is any carbonated drink, right? Like even pop, like can have that effect. Um, For those of you that heard the cracking of a can, I do want to give a shout out. Um, So this is an unreleased beer uh, that is put out by the company that I work for, Surly Brewing. Uh, All the branding on it. (laughs) Three. Well, it's because it's not coming out in cans. Uh, Three of our female brewers. uh, It was Shannon, Julia, and Paige. Uh, got together and they brewed this specifically for the women's final four, which is oh, uh, going to be in, in Minneapolis. Yeah. And so we did it for yeah. uh, a special event. It's a really easy drinking pale ale, did it for a special event, but the way that they brewed it, the yield was so good that we had some extra. So we've actually been cruising around to some of the bars around where the final four is going to be and pitching that, but they gave me some to try it. And I thought, especially since you've been such an incredible part of the entertainment and the show, of the Minnesota Lynx that, uh, that that would be kind of up your alley. Love it, dude. Yeah, so, no, it is good. And I normally, so it, it's a... It's a pale ale. The, the box uh, is, is not... This oh, is okay. just recycled I stuff. I was just looking at... Yeah, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So um, I don't normally like IPAs, um, but this one, like you said, it's... What would you say? It's easy drinking? Yeah, it's like, an easy it's drinking It's definitely pale like ale. more crispy and like less... Uh, it's, it's just more refreshing than a normal pale ale. They brewed it that way to try and be accessible for everybody. They okay. wanted, if you were nice. looking for a beer, they wanted it to kind of appeal to you. Like so. a pale, pale ale LaCroix. <laughs> there you go. Mm. Uh, so yeah, also shouts out to them. Uh, Charles, to kind of get us back on the track yeah, after what? our full deep dive into how sodas work. Uh, from our totally unscientific expose <laughs> on yeah. bubbles making you hungry and fucking your teeth. Yes. Yeah. I hope everyone learned a lot. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. I believe when I met or you, nothing at all. It was over a gravity well uh, at a, uh, a, a barrel aged stout, if I remember correctly, at a brewery in Minneapolis called have, Insight. You may have met at Insight, but the first time I feel like we hung out, no, uh, was it was at the poorhouse for the Iron Bartender. Right, but I was like sharing you with everyone. The Insight thing was the first time that I had gone to see true, you specifically, true. and then we wandered around, and I accidentally uh, wore my warmest 
fur-lined parka, <laughs> and then it was so busy I couldn't put it down anywhere, so I just walked uh, around sweating for like packed. two hours. Oh, yeah, no. that was, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that was so chaos. Brutal. That was, those events were fucking fun in those days. Yeah. But where is your, where is your drinking uh, journey gone since then? That was six sure, years ago? Sure. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yes, six, prove me wrong, internet. Six seven, six, seven years ago, something like that. I guess it's 2022. Might have even been, I don't know, in that range. Uh, I was more beer focused, that's for sure. I was very, I was waist deep in the pool of beer consumption and education and knowing everything about it, especially because it's such a big part of what I do for a living judging, event organizing, designing labels, getting new clients. I was like so wow. beer centric. I just wanted to sometimes, you know, we all do that where we get in a mode where we can't stop learning about a specific thing and we're like morbidly obsessed with it. So I was definitely very beer centric. So if it was the, you know, what's your go-to, it would have been trying beers that I had not yet tried with a mixture of beers I already knew I enjoyed and also some straight spirits. That was like what I was drinking so much of the time back then, even though I still loved cocktails and that was starting to, you know, percolate a little bit in this scene. And, you know, we started to get some nicer cocktail spots around then as well. Obviously I was judging Iron Bartender when I met you, but I was so morbidly obsessed with like, what's new in beer? What What's going to like knock me on my ass? Yet another great human that I met because somebody paid me to put a microphone in my hand and run around and get people yeah. hyped for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Well oh, stated. With good reason. I've never thought about that, but that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Sometimes you hype people with good reason. And yeah. I think that was a time where it was, you were hyping people for good reason. Yeah, that's fair. That's but fair. Uh, so mm. I, what I would say would characterize me now is that I'm way less beer centric, but also... I think that in that stage of my adult life, when I was seeking out, uh, I, I don't want to say the finer things in life, but like learning the best of every style of like food and beverage. That's when I started to approach full maturation to really seeking those things out, becoming like a star grazer and going to all these Michelin star restaurants and shit. Uh, I always wanted to be like blown away. I wanted to be knocked on my ass. Like I wanted flavors to... Um, astound me or confuse sure, me or sure. challenge me. I'm well past that now. Uh, I, I'm now 40 years old. I've tasted everything. I don't think there are any flavors left on the planet. That's not true. Every there are very been few played. dragon Fuck fruit. Very few flavors. Dragon left. fruit. I love dragon Rawr. fruit. Yeah, I love you guys like high chews? Yeah, duh. yeah, for Bro, sure. I'm a high chew fanatic, and I just bought three boxes of the oh. acai high chew. Ooh, they make acai. Yeah. Bro, high-chew? it's the best candy Shit. on earth currently. Oh, I gotta get some for my Sorry, brother. Sorry, yeah, Tony's yeah. No, 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 it's so good. I, I do have a weak spot for Shit. their their tart watermelon. Is bang in. Yeah, it's just that awesome. acai is just the great. chewiness of it and the juiciness of it. It's like I know Quam loves them because he probably tucks it in his cheek and just lets it sit there for three yeah, hours. Damn right. <laughs> wow, I've never <laughs> tried it because I'm just like ah. No, I try to yeah. I try to hold on to it as yeah, long as too. I can. I like I do like the dog peanut butter thing where I'm like. Let me get another one, you know, because it's like the fun, stretchy oh, effect. Oh, yeah. Okay, so when I go to my car, I'll get you guys up. Uh, because oh, I, I just bought three boxes of That's them, awesome. dude. Exclusive! Illuminati! So anyways, uh, 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 <laughs> you <say> Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> well, DJ Clue used to say yeah. that. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Man, so I guess I that's my Hi-Chu, if you're listening, 
Can yeah. you sponsor me, please? Yeah, Thanks. or us, or, or all us. of us. Yeah, we all get sponsored. Let's go. By you. Uh, I would say that less like the type of libations I drink. It's that I seek balance in all things now. I want nuance. I want balance. I want to know why you put nine things in a beverage, whether that be a beer or a cocktail or what have you. I want to know why are there nine ingredients in here? What is each of those ingredients adding to the party? Or is one of them standing in the corner like that meme we all know and love? So that's kind of, that's my jam. Food, beverage, you know, but like in terms of we're talking about beverages is I'm looking more for balance and like sex appeal. Like why is this what it is? And finding the perfect balance in all things. Very like a, like a Japanese aesthetic. Finding balance. what Everything purposeful. Whereas... When you met me, I was all about like bombastic, punch you in the fucking face with flavor. Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> God, who doesn't love you? You gotta love ev- evolution, you know? Yeah. Like in all For forms. Sure. Yeah. 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 I've cool. uh, I've kind of gone the opposite way that you did a little bit. I mean, I work in beer a whole lot more, so it's more of a part of my life, but it's it because sure. I'm with it all day during the day, there's less of an interest or a passion for it at night. And the funniest thing is in thinking about this question when I wrote it was that I very much am like, I want to know a, lo- a little about a lot of things, but I'm not really a master in anything. And like even people that are like, oh, you're the music guy. Every single genre of music that I love, I know somebody that knows more about that genre. So I know a lot. I know a little about a lot of genres, but I don't know everything about one genre. And with mm-hmm. spirits, I've gotten much more at home into like, I'll drink a soda water and I'll squeeze half a lime or half a lemon or half a grapefruit into that and just leave that and sip on that. But then I'll have like a spirit like on the rocks usually. And what I've started to do is really get finite in what I'm into. So like I'm in the middle of a, like a rye whiskey renaissance right now. I've been sure. pushing mezcals for the last six months and trying to figure out like, what are the little minutiae that I like or p- would prefer something else? And then how do I fine tune exactly what my favorite thing is? And then through that, then you build backwards. So you're like, okay, now I have this thing. Do I just want it straight? Do I want to mix it with something? What do I want to mix it with? If it's, I'm going to mix it with something, is it something that I can make myself? And then you sort of like strip it all down to bare bones where you have the, the perfect start and then where do you build it from there? And sometimes it turns into a cool cocktail. And sometimes I'm like, mm, nope, I just preferred it neat. Sounds like you bamboozle yourself and then you just fall asleep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I try to do less of that. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a lot what more. What does it all mean? Probably, yeah. man. <laughs> but it's, it's just like, you know, I, I would prefer at the end of the night to have one pour of something nice than to have like a bunch of random shit or crush, you know, a, a six pack of beer or something. That's That's been more. And then like contemplate that thing. Like. And I do that with food now, too, I guess, that I never used to, is, like, think about it. Like, what, yes, I like this, but then why do I like it? What is it about it that I like? And what would I look for if I wanted to find more of the thing that I like in other things? Like, what is that that I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's been my little journey. Nice. And so I still, your answer is that you, similarly to me, you don't have a go-to beverage. You're kind of like... It goes through phases, but when it's phase, it's a very linear. So right like, now, right now it's rye whiskey. Right now, it, okay. I'm just finishing a run since last fall with Mezcal, and I'm very, very happy with that, and that will be a part of our bar going forward. But um, I've stumbled into a, a couple of really nice rye whiskeys, and I really haven't given that whole line a run in years. 
What are you drinking? Some Michters or something? Yeah, well, it started with um, Old Overholt, which I still love mixing a cocktail sure. with. And then I got a bottle Great of mixing Old prior. Overholt Bonded. Mm. And that is an infinitely better product that I really, really sure. enjoy. That's my that's my Old Overholt of choice. Yeah. For sure. And then now um, there's a few new ones that have hit the market. I was fortunate enough to be gifted a bottle of Angel's Envy Rye. And that was really delicious because the brown sugar notes and the black pepper spice kind of blended Ooh. together. And I really, really dig that. Um, and then it's just been like, okay, well, the last time I went to the liquor store, I walked into the rye area and there's like eight or nine different bottles that I've never seen before. So let's pick one, figure it out. High West, double rye, super easy drinking, very, very sweet forward, but fun to play with. Not Is black pepper a typical note in rye? Yeah, it's like in the, in the actual component of like, you know, rye bread has a little bit more of like a, like a spicy bite to it. There's a lot more flavor than there is in like a piece of white bread or even a piece of wheat bread. That same flavor, that little bite, that that assiduous, almost like tang or nip on your tongue, I get that in in whiskeys and honestly in like in rye ales too in beer. Um, you get yeah, that. People characterize rye products as being spicy, and that manifests in different ways. And one for especially for like for beer, I wouldn't call that black pepper spice, but for a, a whiskey, a rye whiskey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could characterize that as like that little bit of sting you get from heavy black pepper in like uh, nice. some biscuits and gravy or something. Because mm -hmm. I come from a long line of black pepper fanatics. Mm. My dad was the guy at the restaurant, you know, unscrewing the top because it that. just wouldn't get enough. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Dad, it's good, man. It's it's it's, it's splattered. I, I, it's a submachine gun of black pepper on your, you know. It whatever. looks like it's covered in soot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's me. My French fries on a plate at like a diner would look love like it. like somebody ashed a cigarette all over them. <laughs> love it. So we yeah. like black pepper so much in my house. We nicknamed mm. it Dirks, like past the Dirks, because <laughs> that's my last name. And like my wife, Gina, loves it too. So it's like, that also sounds like a cool put sound. Put a little more like, Dirks. Dirks, like that <laughs> might be the sound of a grinder, like Dirks. I don't know, man. It's the oh, one shit. syllable last name. I don't know if I'm into it, but you know, it's what I got. I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna That's roll. It. With you it. gotta. It's happen. It's just so. It's just so. Your one, one thing. syllable last name, boys. Yeah, but you got four consonants in yours, <laughs> and one vowel. Right, and there right. three of them are right <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I got. Quam. Like it's quam. just like a. Yeah. It's like a frog kind of. It's, yep. it's like our it. uh, arena PA announcer <laughs> when he announces uh, the opposing team if they make a shot. It's like, come on. But if one of our one of right. our players makes like an easy layup, what? <laughs> it's actually that's nice when it's a one syllable name because right. you're just like, yeah. like oh, Chris I did, Paul, yeah, like Chris Paul, right? Yep, Paul. <laughs> and in fact, in the beginning of the season, Sean Parker, our in arena PA, told me this that like. He was told because some of the players like he's a little bit too hype when he says the opposing players name, and it wasn't that hype. So like he had to unhype his non-hype, yeah. <laughs> and so now it's just hilariously not hype. But you can you still hear the sad. name. But it's like you have to make yeah. it sad. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's great. Got to add a groan or something like. That would uh, let's Aiden. let's try that. Let's try that. This one game <laughs> just groan. Him again. <laughs> this motherfucker. Overrated. All right. Well, shit. Cheers. Yeah. Hey, cheers to uh, everybody's journeys, wherever All they right. may lead us. Boop. Boop. Ding, ding. Oh, wait. Did you get another one? No, I didn't. Oh. I'm just cheers. Oh. Empty oh. cup again, just oh, like my. when I arrived. I the service here is fucking terrible. <laughs> Help yeah, yourself. What do you hate these people? <laughs> 
Jeeves, we did another round. Jeeves. And remember so, Ask Jeeves? It was like pre-Google, yeah, right? exactly. Pre-Google. Thank you for being old enough to remember that. Yeah, Ask Jeeves is hot for like four minutes. It was kind of hot for four or five minutes. I want to know, where's that, like whatever the behind the music version would be for tech. I want to know, I know where do, the hell that guy where's is. Where's Jeeves? Where's like, Jeeves? Because you know somebody like bought a yacht and then everything vanished. Or Tom, the dude, was that the MySpace dude or was that? Oh, I did, yeah. a, I did a deep dive yeah. on him and that guy's living oh. like the greatest life ever. Oh, I'm sure he sold yeah, it. Yeah, he sold it at the right time. He sold it at the right time. Man. and he then out, he said, fuck it. He spent, did the right thing. He spent his entire life since then, he's a photojournalist that travels the world and tries to kind of go the way that like Bourdain did, where trying to shine light on on other cultures and communities off the tourist path, and then talking about how to be a responsible tourist if you want to go there. It's like, dude's fascinating, and fucking mm. cheers to him. Cheers to Tom. Shout out to Tom. Cheers Tom. To never thought we'd cheers say to that on Tom. You're still We've in had my... one fucking shot. We're talking about MySpace. Cheers to MySpace, Tom. <laughs> You're still in my top eight, Tom. <laughs> MySpace. I well, still have my page up, sad? by the way. Is that if you sad go or to noble? <laughs> MySpace.com forward slash DJ MMES, which was DJ Mad Mardigan Entertainment Service. Oh, I have shit. a song on there called Digits where I literally one, count two, three, the four. entire time. I'm counting, and I count to 151. So it's called Digits, and then parentheses, it's called 151, the number song. You know how they do the parentheses in yeah. some song? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I made the beat. It's got a banjo sample, and I count to 151, and it's highly entertaining. So, guys, check it out. You check know, out, you have a free minute. Check out his fucking MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> That's the social you drop at the end. Yo, check out my MySpace. <laughs> I, uh, I legit, I still have a page, but I don't have access to the email anymore, so I can't take it down. It's stuck up. Uh, it's a oh, wow. promo photo for my old writing company, This Will Never Work Productions. And it's me <laughs> It's me in a suitcase, or in a, uh, a suit on a red couch, with a payphone behind me, and I'm holding the phone to my ear, and I'm giving my partner the finger, and I can't get rid of it. I can't take it down. I never have gotten an answer. Yeah, there's no way. Without the email, it won't let me. Hmm. Wow. So it's still out there. Yeah. I mean, if you go- if you Google my DJ name, I don't know if it's first page anymore, but for a while it still was. Like like two years <laughs> ago, like it still was like still way low on it, but like it was there. Yeah. The my uh, because in the images, something about how they. Like, uh, you know, so the back crazy. end of like the photos and stuff, how they tag things, you know, on the back yeah, end, yeah. Google for some reason picks it up. So like when you click on images, you know, when you do a Google search and click on, click on images, some of those images you see are from the MySpace That's page. So amazing. when you click on them, you're over there. And then when you get there, guys, listen to digits, the number <laughs> song. If you have kids, it's it's a great kids song Drop because a comment it, on the wall, it teaches them, uh, <laughs> You know, how to count, which is important. Copy the URL. Follow me. Paste it to your MySpace <laughs> Remember we had page. to tell people that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go ahead. And now people are like, dude, I just want to click one thing and get there. I can't do step two. You want Don't give people step two. Come to me. I'll tell you how to code that shit. Like yeah. the page and comment. They're like, dude, you told me two things. Can't do it. Nope. Can't do it. <laughs> I need You're to done. do one thing. Uh, actually, I mean. Fill out my survey. It's only 100. It's also 151. 151 questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like that that side story actually took us halfway back to your question, Charles. Well, goddamn it. <laughs> Speaking of DeLoreans. Yeah, all right. So what's a great 90s rap song or album you love that most people would not remember? Okay, 90s rap song or album, you yeah. said? Or band or like a group. That people probably won't remember. 
doesn't have to be totally obscure because it could just be something that people, oh yeah, like people just don't think about today quite as much anymore. Um, so Nas, I love East, 90s East Coast hip hop is like Absolutely. my jam. Like I just love the griminess, the grittiness, the street, you know, like RZA produced, you know, DJ Premier, like it's just... It's just urban and street, and like that's like my my like wheelhouse as we call it in mm-hmm. the DJ terms. So Nas made uh, he had a, a a collaborative effort called the Firm, mm-hmm. and then they released I think one album. And I'm on talking the, Firm Biz to you, baby. baby. Firm, firm Firm Biz. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is. So not that song, but there's another song well, on there. It was Nas, Foxy Brown, and AZ. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and they had this whole, like, back then, um, the just Mafia, La Cosa Nostra, was, like, infused in hip-hop at the time. And so there was this, and I love mob movies. Like, I, I, I was obsessed with the Mafia when I was in high school. <laughs> and um, so as I was listening to this, you know, in a chorus, I was just like, oh, my God, this, is, this speaks to me. So there's a song called Affirmative Action oh, yeah. on uh, the firm's album. And it's just... It's just so epic. Like, I, I really want to play it at Target Center, but I can't find a clean version. Yeah. Uh. And, um, but the beat and everything. So, yeah, the the firm, um, do I, would I call it a great album overall? Not really. Like, there's great moments on there, but affirmative action is definitely up there. And then um, I would just say Gangstar yeah. doesn't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guru and DJ Premier, like, that combo um, is just like, that's just my my love. Like that sound is like what I love. Like when I hear sure. another track, like Corday, uh, who's a newer rapper, just uh, released a song. Oh crap! Now I can, if I had my computer, I could see it, but it's off Corday's new album, and it just has that mob deep like uh, gangstar type of sound, and I just gravitate towards that. So yeah, I, I would. That's that's one song, and that's a group from uh, in the '90s that I think is underrated. Hell yeah. Uh. I had an answer for both, Charles. I uh, I think that Foxy Brown featuring a young Jay-Z all B does not get enough credit because that was an absolute banger when it came out and it vanished. It's one of those songs that like absolutely was a huge hit that year, but it did not make the cut for like what people remember and and going forward, it's just not we kind of erased Foxy Brown. Like it was yeah. always Foxy or Lil' Kim at the time. And right. Lil' Kim clearly won. The, the longevity argument on that one. <clears throat> yep. uh, and that song still makes me happy. It's a dated beat, but it's perfect for like a time capsule of what that was I at the time. the track sure. title. What'd you say it was? I'll Be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Jay-Z's like, straight out the gate, y'all. We drop hits. You tell me how, how nasty, nasty can you get? get? All, All the way, way from, from the hood to, to your neck of the, the woods. It's real. real. One thing's for sure. I'll be good. That every, so that I, was on the Source Hip Hop Hits. Uh-huh. Which at the time when I first bought my first turntable, like this, that's all I could afford at the time. In 1999, my freshman year of college at Winona State University, I had enough money to buy one turntable. So I plugged that one turntable into my Onkyo home receiver that I got from Circuit City with my JBL sub and my speakers. And I would put on just tracks and then just scratch totally terribly over these and, and but the source hip-hop hits were so clutch like at a party oh because you had it was like basically the first like m- legit like mixed cds yeah. like you could play that all the way through and people would right. think that and just like, like mtv party to go yeah. which shout out to uh dj hk um 
He's from Minnesota, the guy that made the party to go. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's still DJing. Um, I actually just hit him up on Facebook. I'm like, yo, let's collab because those party to go CDs, like, let me DJ my very first DJ gigs because I just couldn't afford to buy every one of those songs. So I had one turntable, a mixer, and then I had a uh, discman. Yeah, oh yeah. And on the discman would be some party to goes and some source yeah. hip hop hits. <laughs> there's a there's it's one of my favorite all time. I love when a blooper on a, a an album gets out into the public. And on MTV Party to Go, it's like volume three or volume four. Cause they'd always put like a ballad on at the end so that everybody could have like a like a slow jam. Yeah. And uh, that year the last track on there was I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. And the version that they put on there was a mistake version. The label sent them the wrong thing. And there's no music. There's just the, um, <laughs> the hi-hat ride and the kick. And then it's the entire first verse and chorus a cappella from I'll Make Love to You. And then when the second verse kicks in, the whole, like, the whole band kicks in. And I always thought it was intentional. It was a huge mistake. And I guess there were like two lawsuits over it. But wow. if you ever go back and try and find that, it's the best because you can really hear, even on an overproduced pop song like that, you can hear how fucking good those guys are at singing because that that song without the music behind it and all the strings, oh my God. Plus like, it's a free acapella. Yeah. And I guarantee you can't find an All Make Love to acapella right now Pella. anywhere you look. Nope. And you could put some trap drums behind that and just make <laughs> it go. sound like 2022. Kill Man, it. Mickey Breeze, if you're listening, he's on the Gen Now team yeah, now. Oh yeah. One of the dopest, newest DJs. He just turned 21, but like we just made a track wow. together called Get On My Level. Mickey, if you're listening to this, you need to take that acapella from that go. party to go and just trap that out. Dude, bro. it's dope. Um, but going back to the original question, an album that I don't understand to this day how it didn't make it when it came out, it was a, a complete commercial flop. Was Warren G's? Um, oh shit! Over looking over your shoulder, the follow up album after all of the like the three hit singles from the Regulators mm -hmm. record, whatever I can't remember what that one's called even, but the one that had um, this DJ mm -hmm. and and Regulators mm -hmm. and all that. So uh, G Funk explodes; it's everywhere, and Warren G was kind of like one B behind Dr. Dre and making a lot of those G funk beats. Yeah. And that album is just, it's, it's like luscious as a fucking peach. Everything is just super rich and bassy and funky. He's got a song called smoking me out with the Isley brothers. And Oh my God, their chorus is just gross. Wow. And then there's a, there's a track on there. The, the opening line is, L B C D E F J I'm H I off J's bailing in a t-shirt and blue jeans. And I used to throw that on at a party and like a bunch of kids in high school knew cause I played it so much at parties knew that part of it. And everybody would like sing along. This is not on the radio. This is nothing. Yeah. And I thought it was just primed to explode and it literally never went anywhere. Yeah. He Man. never got, he never got the respect he deserved no. overall. Even if you think of the, ridiculous amount of success he had for a handful of songs yeah he it just he just was never respected the way he should have been and who knows like i don't know anything about him like maybe he's he still was, crack a lacking right, right. yeah and he's I, doing like you know you have a lot of these like at treasure island i've seen some shows where it's all uh 90s artists you know where they'll have like six ten of them you know uh salt and pepper and coolio and right well that was the last time that i saw snoop warren g was his dj and daz and corrupt right. were the he's openers 
And mm-hmm. so they made Warren, like, I mean, I'm sure it was all part of the show, but they like, they're like, hey, Warren, you want to come on and do some songs? And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm like, Dude, you know DJ. How old Warren and you know, come on, man. If you, you think about it, uh, he's 51. That's <laughs> amazing. That ain't shit. No. Like, you no, think he's, it's still, weird, but like, we yeah. have a warped, yeah. we have a warped idea of what industry. time is like because a lot of people that, came into the spotlight when we were teenagers were not that much older than us. Now I think a lot of musicians, actors, athletes, like uh, pro wrestlers will come into success later in life. So mm-hmm. there isn't that like very small gap, but that's crazy to think he's 51 because you think he's a lot older. It's nuts. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you feel it? That's what that song is called. And it's just, it's just a thick, chunky G funk baseline. And, you know, he's got, he had his, uh, he had a, a group of, of women singers called the Five Footers that he was going <laughs> to release. So they did all the harmonies on everything. It's, a, it's just a really, really well-made, like, 90s G-Funk album, and it gets completely overlooked. Not that he was ever, like, the greatest rapper, but he right. was good enough that you could, like, get down with it and have a good time. And I think, if I remember right, there's also a really... I'm not saying he's a legend, but he was, like, overlooked. Yeah, he was know? for sure he's, overlooked. A lot of people only gave him credit for regulate and then didn't really fuck with anything else. He was like a really good athlete in a really on a really bad sports team where it just (laughs) just, like he got gobbled up. But uh, but yeah, I think if I remember it, there's also a really really ill thought out and poorly made cover of "I Shot the Sheriff," which is not. You have to skip. (laughs) Oh my god, that rings a bell. It's so bad. Maybe I blacked it out because they well because that was what they tried to ride as the single and it was terrible and it never went anywhere. And then I don't remember anything else ever coming off that album. So the he first album was called albums. Regulate dot, 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 G-Funk That's era. what it was. Yeah, that's G-Funk. I know yeah. it was something like Regulators, but yeah, you're right. Definitely, like, they, that must have been maybe a last-minute decision. Uh, like, oh, this song's blowing up. We need to name the album this. Scrap everything. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I screenshotted that track. Dude, it's, it's like, bomb. I was, like, finding new stuff. I, uh, I've, in high school, I, I drove this really disgusting, rusted-out uh 1990 Pontiac Grand Am. Sounds high school. Worthy. If you lifted up the the <laughs> mat on the driver's side, you could see the ground through the the floorboards. Ah, and Flintstones. Flintstone, yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't put anything in my <laughs> you trunk. Don't see that anymore? But that was very common <laughs> yeah. in the 90s. I couldn't put anything in my trunk because the hole was so big going to the ground of the trunk that it would just fill with water if it ever rained. So it was just like it was it was gross. But I rattled my rearview mirror off the job my windshield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I rattled my rearview mirror off of my windshield with "Can You Feel It?" Oh wow! Like that's how <laughs> that's how hard that that bass hits if you have good speakers. And of course, I spent all the money on yeah. the deck and the speakers yeah. and zero money on fixing my car. What duh? Duh. <laughs> 10 uh, inch, 12 inch? 12. Yeah. Serwin Vega, baby. I, st- I have a sub in my car right now. I'm 41. I'm so proud of you. And nice. I love it. Boy. It's a necessity. I love it. Why not? My next okay. car, I will have one. If you're a hip-hop one. fan or EDM fan, I have to get Feels the good. low end. Just don't. Yeah. You know, and it's it perfect because. You're old enough to know not to roll in front of people's houses at 3 a.m. bumping that shit. Especially <laughs> where I live. Oh, my God. They all go to bed at like 9.30. Yeah, bro, I'm rolling job. in at 2 or right. something, you know. Fucking 4 p.m. Let it rip. Yeah. <laughs> I will say uh, the last time that I got, I, I have another friend who still has uh, a 15 in the back of his car. Oh my god! And 
And he had to run inside and grab some shit. <laughs> we were listening to hip hop. And I, well, he was like, he took too long. Like 30 seconds, I'm like, cool. A minute, like, all right, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna find something else to do. And uh, <laughs> I turned off his Bluetooth and I turned on NPR. And I went and stood outside the car to listen to, to how bassy the voices get on right, NPR. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Even, even NPR bangs on a 15 yeah. inch sub. Yeah. Oh, shit, I wonder if anyone's playing us on Right? Yeah, get in there. <laughs> beating, bobbing, beating, da, beating, bobbing, da, beating, da, Mad Mortigan, Mortigan. Shout out to <laughs> Rob Van Winkle, a.k.a. Vanillais. Uh, all right, shall we? Uh... No, we shouldn't oh. because I did not oh, speak on Oh, I thought this it went topic. this way. You're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> you guys are all planned out here. I like it. Yeah. I also have a double answer, but I'll be quick. Oh, go long. I'm a metalhead. When I was a kid, I got in trouble a lot for listening to metal, so I always liked verboten music. And nothing when I was a teenager was as verboten as Bone Thugs. Mm-hmm. And it was partly because they had uh, some some like Ouija themes and things like that on uh, E1999. Oh, a great album. So that when that came out, that was I I spun that hard. Like that was, I was really, really into that album and I almost felt like I shouldn't be listening to it, but that made me want to listen to it more. Cause that's what happens to kids. Yeah. You're a parent. That's what happens. The other option, which I'll say is the more obscure of the two is a precursor to MF doom, who is my favorite rapper of all time. And it would okay. be Dr. Octagon. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, hang on a goddamn second. Like, we're talking about a masterpiece yeah. because you have yeah. Dan the Automator on the on the production. <laughs> you got Cool Keith in his prime. In his prime. Stupidity. And then you have DJ Qbert doing the scratches One of the on Blue Flowers. Technically and, ever. I mean, yeah. he invented, some say, a hundred different types of techniques of scratching. And, yeah, I mean, if you're a turntablist DJ like I am, he's in your top three Absolutely. no matter what at all times, you know? So, wow, that's, man, I this guy i, I can like also i can also see how dr octagon overlaps into some of the themes that you like in metal yeah right right like right, that definitely. makes For sure that tracks a hundred percent a lot of death a lot of skulls a lot of snakes coming totally. out of skulls and also like <laughs> mysticism and weirdness yeah. and like almost like their comic book characters whether that be a protagonist or a villain i i love that almost the it was it was an era where a lot of people were lyricizing about their lives and their station in life and their plight and Real either life. like where they came from or where they got to, which still is prevalent in rap and hip hop. Yeah. But I dig it when an artist can have this assumed identity and have like just this wild ass fictional character that is entirely off the wall and is almost like a fucking comic book villain. Well, it's like you can read nonfiction books, which is storytelling rap. I came from the right. hood. I yes. sold drugs, Absolutely. you know, et cetera. And then you have fiction mm-hmm. and how far can you sure. go? And I wish more yeah. rappers did this. I really sure. do because I think there's a market for it. I think people want yeah, to escape especially There's a way. void now, you know, doom is gone. RIP. Yeah. Like, so you don't have that element anymore. From him and he dominated the scene when it came to that shit mm-hmm. but like i would love to see more of that like storytelling yeah. which is not to say that telling your own personal story is not a very valuable thing of course it is and we love that shit but it's just it's that's most of what we get yeah. most of what we get is that 
But Doc Ock was like my first experience of, in hip hop at least, in in rap, having someone create narratives and be entirely fictional where you knew that they were just making up this fantastical narrative as opposed to someone that fucking may be lying, but you don't know because they're they're like making themselves the character. And And that's why why I I love Doom so much, right? It's our face and all that shit. I I remember having a tough time when like a bunch of my friends really started getting into that Dr. Octagon album. Mm. Uh, Like I felt like the kid who's like all of his friends were really into a comic book. And then like I went to the store and like trying to figure it out from the, like from issue 127, (laughs) like what's even going on. Right. Like it was such a, it was such a hard place for me to figure out like how to jump into that because of like the level of difficulty, I just chose not to for a while. And then when I finally right. came around on it in college, I was like, what the, f- what have I been waiting for? Wait till later. Yeah. Like how embarrassing I could have been listening to this this whole time and just getting down. That's fun too though, because sometimes you, well, that also shows that you're an open-minded individual because we've all said, I don't like this thing. And then rubber stamped it with a red fucking marker and slid it across the table and never picked that folder back up again. But for you later in life, maybe it was by happenstance, but for you to say like, Oh shit, actually that's a lot I of, no, I love this. That's a, like, I would say probably a quarter of my music catalog is stuff that I passed on when it was famous. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, there are so mm. many bands that I just did not give the time of day to until after the 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 crest had had ebbed and then flowed out, and then I was like, "Oh hey, th- um, this is really good." Like the same shit, that, like the same reason. I'm here now. I just watched. You know, like <laughs> I just finished Breaking Bad two months ago, yeah. and I can't talk about it to anybody because they're like, ah, "I think I remember that." Yeah. But like oh my God. <laughs> all the finer details. Yeah, like right. some stuff just. I also like I obsess so hard on things that I like right away. That it's also doesn't leave a lot of room for other things to get through. But I I remember sitting, it was sophomore year in college, I remember sitting with that record and being like, this is on a completely different level yes. of anything that I have heard in all of my love of hip hop. And because I didn't understand it, it was almost more alluring and more addicting. Mm. You know, like I just wanted to keep pulling at the thread, only the thread doesn't lead to a sweater. It's just like going down a dark hallway. <laughs> oh my gosh. So man, that's just... Bringing me back, dude. I got to listen to some Dr. Octagon on the way home. I actually opened for Cool Keith one of the times he came to Minneapolis and put together this set of like mostly trip hop and, you know, this kind of psychedelic hip hop, basically. Um, And he was mad late i mean late <laughs> and it turns out he hours had, he was like he was like hours late yes, like, hours. yes like lauren hill levels people were of late. leaving because they're like oh he's not coming and then Erica he came <laughs> and then he came and uh did like i don't know eight songs or something and then signed my shoe and then he dipped but the reason why and i still have those Hold shoes on. i love the idea of thinking that you didn't ask though no, that's like, literally that was my first thought is that he's like he's squeeze, on the ground and just, just fucking dip crawling <laughs> That was my first thought as well. Sweet, I got a signed like, cool keys. Um, Wouldn't that be the dopest? But it move turns if that out they mind? were they were late because two of the main reasons he was late to this show is because yeah. he needed to stop at multiple porno shops, 
and oh, get okay. some porno mags totally and candy stores. He wanted to find this specific <laughs> candy. So he's driving around with whoever and they're okay. you know trying to go to different candy stores and find what he wants. That's a, that's a weird mix of things right there. I feel Minneapolis like failed him. It's pretty rare that, Come that on, Minneapolis. It's pretty rare that, oh. that combo of things leads to anything good. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But uh he's looking for a very specific I was genre. at least able to tell him just how of candy. I was able to tell him just how much uh the Dr. Octagon you know, album and everything had an effect on me because it just, I would nice. listen to every That's song. Awesome, half dude. shark, alligator, oh. half man. <laughs> half man, half shark. And then you got <laughs> Blue Flowers. Of course, yeah. that was the lead single. That was the jam. Yeah, which is crazy because it's rad. like some Pink Floyd 2030 type of Pink Floyd stuff. That was allegedly a really great mushroom song in college. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. We're we back on no. track with the allegedly. I, I got to stick with it. <laughs> the last episode, I was like, man, don't allegedly weed anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Cheers to the Doc and to, the Oc. To Doc Oc and to MF Doom, man. Yep. Hi, yeah, man. Hey. Definitely. R.I.P. Yeah, it turns out Cat, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, is a MF Doom fan. So it was kind of cool oh, last actually, season. That's kind of on brand. I've had two interactions with him, and that doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, okay. He has really seemed... The first time we actually got to talk for a little while. He's one of our star players on the Timberwolves. He's he's really seemed like he doesn't care about what box anybody wants to put him in. He wants to do what he wants to do, and he's into what he's into, and that's it. And I think that's amazing. Good for him. He's just such a leader, man. Like, we are where we are today for a lot of factors as a team, but a lot is in due, due to Cat and yeah. his just leadership role that he stepped into and absolutely and his energy is contagious to the other players because they're looking at him Mm -hmm. as like you know their their guy and uh he's he's super solid Mm -hmm. if they can all lift each other up Mm -hmm. we got some fucking gamers Mm -hmm. yeah definitely man but like i've done events you know just for i did his like surprise birthday party that jordan woods put together um, and just those kind of events are great because I can kind of connect on more of a personal level and just find out like some of these, basically, I'm just trying to find like, what tracks can I play at the target center to get you in that zone? Like what, what should I play? You know, right. without asking him straight up like that, but just like trying to figure out. Um, and then through that course of, uh, trying to find this information, he's told me the story of. He, he was boys with Mac Miller and he has actually some, uh, I don't know if they're actually co-production credits, but he's been in the studio with Mac and altering things like, Hey, maybe the, the baseline should go like this or, Hey, the chorus should come in before the verse, things like that. And so, uh, now I play some of those tracks that he told me, like he basically was a co-producer. Nice. On. That's fucking rad. RIP to Mac Miller. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to do two different shows with him and, uh, all of the all of the insane hoopla around like who his celebrity was, that was just an incredibly kind and thoughtful human being. And his DJ Clockwork is one of yeah. my favorite DJs that I've ever crossed paths with. But Mac Miller was he he was just a really kind, curious, loving soul. And I wish more people would have been able to see that side of him. Like having him in a DJ booth for three hours was one of the most entertaining things that I've ever had because he was just so curious. He kept asking questions and he kept wanting to like, yo, can I hit like the hot cue for this? Can I, can I, can I loop this? Can I do that? He, he just wanted to keep learning more. And I don't, for somebody at his level of fame at that point, 
to still be that curious about everything. Like that's what I hope for every artist that I love mm -hmm. is that they're always trying to learn more and, and get oh, yeah. deeper into the craft. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Never stop learning. Never stop improving. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we do our uh, annual team celebration and awards ceremony with generation. Now my DJ company and this, and we have, uh, I think five total awards, but one of them is the most improved team member. And this year it went out to DJ Casper, who's been around for a long time and is a producer, a DJ. He's our ad administrative director. I mean, he just wears so many hats. He plays drum and bass at festivals around the world. Right. And then like his comes, own productions. Yeah. And his own original productions and then comes home to like just chill in Minneapolis and do his thing. Right. And, but he just took full advantage of the, of the quarantine COVID and uh, really improved his scratching and his beat juggling and stuff. So I'm like, it's a perfect example of what you're saying. Like you have someone who's so established like Casper who still has that mindset of continuing to improve. And I'm like, we got to honor that and also show our veterans that like, don't get complacent. Mm -hmm. Don't settle. Don't stop. Just keep pushing. And I'm the same way. I, I, I don't think I'm the dopest DJ in Minneapolis. You know, I, I just, I want to do as best as I can in that moment, but also every single performance that I have, I want to do something that shows that I improved before, you know, after the last gig. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. still in it, right? You're not just doing the shit you've been doing for however many years. You're yep. still actively Ooh. working and honing your craft. You're sharpening your knives. You got your whetstones out. I love that because we do. That's something we talk about on the pod a lot too. Yeah. You learn and you learn and you learn, then you die, yep. which is something that I heard at a seminar one time. And like that, well, I'll never yeah. forget that. And Quam earlier mentioning that you know you know a lot about a lot of stuff, but not everything about anything. Yeah, no one should think no. they know everything about anything. Masters of their craft, people who only have done one thing in fucking Tokyo, Japan. A man who's been carving ice and making the same goddamn cocktail for 70 years will probably tell you, I still don't know everything about yep. making this cocktail. And that humility is what makes you like better at what you do. Correct. Just saying, I don't know everything. I need to, there's, I, there's more. There's got to be more. There's got to be like another edge I can carve off. There's got to be another drop that of, of salinity or like just that mentality of knowing their... Knowing you don't know everything. I was just, uh, actually a couple days ago, I was talking to a former guest on the podcast, CJ Porterborn, and he had a really sage line. He said, uh, um, the, siege. The, most, siege. the most powerful thing you can do is stop somebody and say, I, I don't quite understand that. Can you explain that better? Yeah. Like the more, the more that we can offer that humility and then take in that knowledge in return, like it just makes you a stronger and better human. And to me, that's the end game of this whole thing. Like that's what that's what you're supposed yeah. to learn and experience and see as much as you can on this one trip that we have. For well, sure. I mean, think about how much you could learn of. I mean, you'd have to spend a hundred lifetimes yep. to to learn all. The, like when my one of my biggest pet peeves is kids, adults, whoever, just saying that they're bored. I don't get it. Hmm. Now I have three kids, so that makes it a little different for me. That there literally is no time for boredom. So, yeah. and I know not everyone has kids <laughs> and everything, but still. There's so much to to learn and to absorb, and especially with the internet now. Like you have no excuse to, to go out and learn that stuff. But, um, yeah, I uh, shout out to DJ Casper. Yeah, because he's like one of my best friends. Also, and, a very sweet guy. Oh man, dude, so many great things about him. But um, I just love that. Like he kind of and and he's a leader too within our team. You know, so like. Our other team members see his posts and see his stories and like, oh man, Casper's just at his crib practicing the double click flare. Like, 
which is a scratch, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounds dope. Especially if it's a double-click flare <laughs> orbit, which means you Holy continuously do shit. the double-click flare. No idea where you're talking you can admit you don't know something. I have no fucking idea. It made me really, it made me really happy because I immediately heard it in my head. Still, nice. and it just oh. like I love that. It's just yeah, it's it's a it's a nice warm place. To I, be. I do just want to say that sometimes when people are bored in modern society, it's option paralysis. There's so many things available at your fingertips that oh, people sometimes word. just go like, "God, I don't want to do anything, but I'm bored. I wish something appealed to me enough." But that's fucking weird, isn't oh. it? That's like some space age Hades shit where it's like <laughs> you could do anything, but you're, you're knowingly or unknowingly decide to deciding to do nothing. It's fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Imagine she- 25 years ago saying, God damn it. I'm bored. Cause you would just turn TNT on TNT on and be <laughs> Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones would be on and be like, all right. Yeah. But now we're like, there's so many it. options. You could do anything. That's so like, true. I was oh. scared out of my mind <laughs> so when I got my first iPod because <laughs> yeah. of this. Because I was right. like, how do I pick? Whoa, I was so used to just, you know, CDs. Like, I have what I have. Like, Physically you know, and in your car. Look and select. Right, right. In the car, yeah. you had the mini book, you know? You didn't have, right. sometimes I brought the big book, but if I was going on vacation or something, mm-hmm. but the mini book was in the car, so you only right. had those options, and I For really sure. liked that, you know? And then when sure. I got the iPod, I actually used it less because there was just too many options, and that's way before streaming. Oh, God. I was, oh, yeah. <laughs> having to do that wheel, like, it used to be like, the wheel, yeah, the sound effects. I would, I'm the opposite of you. I just never finished a song. I would get to like the second chorus. I'm like, that next one, that next one, yeah. the next one. I got I want to listen Ooh. to everything right now at the same exact time. It was, it was not great for me, but in a, so it was like really bad. You were doing a really bad. I was uh, living of like bending <laughs> tracks. I was, li- <laughs> I was living the lyrics of the Tool song Stink Fist. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. was just completely right. oversaturated with everything, and I just it, <laughs> everything came out at the same time. It was, it was wild. Well, uh, a, let's move it along. Yeah, let's move it along. Question number, do we're only in question number three? Yeah, girl. Shit. Shit. How many are there? Six. Okay. Question number three. Is that normal? Is it you six, have six? Uh, okay. Six. Didn't know that. Six. All right. So name a food where the like brand name or uh, traditional or grimy ass version is way better than any fancy or homemade version. A brand of food. Like a food, a, food a, a type of food, like a thing that you enjoy uh-huh. that there's no purpose in recreating it or getting a fancy version of it because the like traditional brand name version or the grimy ass version of it is way better than anything that you could concoct yourself or get at a fancy restaurant. And you can think on it. Yeah, you can think on it. Man, I mean, my my gut just goes to vegetables. Just like, you know, vegetables, Mm. doesn't matter. It's just fresh vegetables, however you want to cook them. And then it's, you know, olive oil, salt, and pepper. And it just doesn't matter if it's organic, whatever. Like, I love just vegetables. To me, the vegetables complete the meal. Like, I can eat a whole pizza. But if I have a couple raw carrots afterwards, I'm like, Sweet, balanced. Well, I, I feel like the what your question would be is okay. if you said that you loved like green giant frozen vegetables oh, yeah, in a yeah. bag 
more than you loved, like fresh ones. Like, is there a there? Okay, so there's a pizza. Yeah, there we I go. don't know if it still exists. Okay, it's called Home Run Inn. Oh, that's still here. Where, dude? Yeah. Uh, they have them at High V. <laughs> We have a high V. No, they don't have the high V at our house. By, no. by our oh house. shit! Okay, but but that would be like if I could get a high V, not high V. If I get a home run in, uh, just pepperoni pizza, I'd prefer that over any like dope delivery or just like takeout place. Like it's the crust is like yeah, that's almost, a good example because you know like sometimes I want a Heggie's and I don't want like a fancy pizza. Right. 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 Yeah, the crust is uh, layers of almost like uh, like a biscuit, you know, or like a croissant where there's like... Also like a flaky crust. It's flaky, yep, yep, it's flaky, okay. yep. And then the sauce to cheese ratio for me is perfect. There's a little more cheese than sauce, but still sauce is covering throughout. Mm-hmm. There isn't any, you know, bald spots or whatever the technical term is. And then... Um, it's like thin crust because I, I prefer thin crust over the. So it gets crispy. You bake it; it's nice and crispy. Yep, yep, yep. What and toppings do you? I always like? doctor everything, and actually, this reminds oh, nice. me of the yeah, Dudley yeah. episode because you guys were starting <laughs> to talk about like <laughs> cooking. I call it. My wife's like, "So how how much of this do I have to put in this?" I'm like, "Babe, I don't know. I cook a feeling." Yep, that's it. I don't cook that's with it. like yeah. words. I just want to know what the ingredients are, and then I'll decide how much lemon pepper goes into this thing, or I'll decide how many tablespoons sure. of olive oil right. going to this thing, you know? So what I would do with the home run in then is halfway through baking it, I'll have some, a uh, little bit of green pepper, uh, black olives, green olives, and like a little bit of fresh tomato. Cause again, the sauce. Oh, there you go. So you do hit it with a lot of veg, which is, yeah, sounds like you enjoy. Sprinkle throughout. Yeah, you know? for sure. Just I e- love it equal too. distribution. And you do it halfway through the baking process. This is fascinating. Yeah, because I've I don't want them this. to get way overcooked. Sure. You know, like especially the green peppers, and they just shrivel up into like a uh, green pepper crouton. You don't want that. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's gonna go home run in, and I hope somewhere near me sells Damn, these things right. because I, I, right. I know because so yeah. I have a weird. I don't know it. I yeah, it sounds familiar, but they're I from don't. Chicago. Surprising. Okay. Um, so that, that's always a very nostalgic brand for me because mm. they had, I don't know if it's, if it was like an offshoot or how it worked, but that was the only frozen pizza that they had at the grocery store near my apartment when I lived in Norway. Oh, and oh. really? When what I, dang. yeah. And when in I fucking Norway, subtle yeah. flex there when wow. I uh, lived in Norway. Well, no, but it was, <laughs> I, I was really, cause you know, I didn't know anybody when I left and, uh, I had some family there and we were not. We were not aligned on the same path, uh, and I, I was not a, a like a that wasn't a thing that was going to make me feel like I was around my home. And weirdly, it was like the little creature comfort, like all the food that's shitty for us that they don't sell anywhere else because no other country would sell that to their own people. Uh, frozen pizza was something that I really, really missed. There were pizza places, right. but I just wanted like like a, a a shitty frozen pizza that I could eat at home. <laughs> And uh, one of my friends was like, oh, it's the, it's the baseball pizza. It's, it's yeah. at the grocery store. Just go there. And I went, and there it was. And the only difference is in Norway, um, red bell pepper is just an ingredient on pizza. It's not like a bell oh, pepper like and pepperoni. Sauce. Right. It's just a part of it. So aside from it being a little sweeter than I was used to, that was my that was my touchstone. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Home. Red bell pepper is like a com. It's like on every pizza. It's on every pizza. That's kind of crazy. Is the sauce or just pieces of red bell pepper? Uh, both. 
So oh, oh like so like the sauce is like a it's a sweeter sauce with yep. and tomato. I got a surplus and, of yep. red peppers on it. And then pepper. little okay. diced up little squares, little cubes of of red pepper sprinkled throughout, along with all the pepperoni. And that's changed now that like oh. so much because this was this okay. was before internet kind of broke down everyone's borders and everybody started mishmashing everything. This is when everything was still very like country by country. But that was just, that was how it was. I never, my entire time in Norway, I never had a pizza that didn't have red peppers red on pepper. it. Red pepper, wow. It wasn't okay. listed on ingredients. That's it was just, yeah. That is but so I love, random. I still, every now and then, I will <laughs> I will buy one. And it takes me back. Now, weirdly, that was my touchstone to America. But now, that takes me back to living in Norway. Huh. It's one of the very few things that tactile uh, experiences that I can have that take that take me back to a very fun time in my. I life. mean, the only reason has to be the the soil is so fertile for pepper growing. There's a surplus of red peppers, and it's like, what are we going to do with this? It's just part of the culture love, at that like, point. They, well, they let their peppers mature. But yo 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 yo. They're is it actually such a thing as a green the pepper? flaky crust, bro? Oh yeah. It was that to, to the, again. Have no. you had one here in the states? Yeah, I have one okay. literally like every year. Crust or two. is the same. In my memory, yes. Okay. Okay. I don't know that I can say that because that was 22 years ago. Promise yeah. me. <laughs> uh, so I, as as much as I know that that is, is what it was. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, mine, I knew right off the bat because I I am constantly in the minority on this. Okay. I love a good. Homemade sausage. I love a fine. Like I will get a sausage at a nice restaurant. Oh, I love that. I was gonna say hot dogs, but yeah, a ballpark, like quarter pound beef frank or a Hebrew Fair national thing. all beef frank. I'm the weird one. It's okay. It's I. I get the I'm question the now. Okay, I I see I, I oh, will you choose any direction. Yeah, and we do. We do always say that you could answer this question differently five minutes from now or five minutes That's before. Yeah. Like it's all over the place. But for me, that was the first thing that popped into my brain is like mm. opening day for baseball will be coming up soon, and the very first thing that I do will be walking in. I will get a beer. I will go and I will get a hot dog and I will crush it and I will be very happy. Now I know that Facts. just down from where I get it, there will be Holy an shit. artisanal sausage place <laughs> that is making fresh bacon kraut on a flat top. Artisanal. I know it's going to, and I probably will get one of those too. Mm -hmm. To me, they are two separate things. Or we'll get that smoked, uh, Beef sandwich. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, Ooh, so that's more that's more situational, right? Because you're in the environment of a ballpark, correct. And everything. But I have I have had Super Bowl parties where I went and got like Hormel makes an all beef dome dog from the old Metrodome in Minnesota. I've I've bought a pack of those and I've cooked those for the Super Bowl, and I I love it. It's it is a separate food product, and I know that while I'm eating it. Every bite, I'm like, this is so bad for me. But like everything about it no, is perfect. It is scientifically engineered to be like amazing. It's way too. I love salty. that it's, it's beer first, salty. though. Oh, yeah, I mean, you re you really do. That's, That's standing. I want to go to a Timberwolves game. It's not going to be this season, probably, because <laughs> we're nearing the playoffs. But yeah, and just take close. it all in. Yeah. Have somebody fill in for sure. me DJing and have what you're talking yeah. about, you know, but at the Target Center, yeah. that would be so much fun, dude. Well, when we play we the gotta get a suite. In, the, uh, in the finals, we'll go to Milwaukee. We there can it watch is. a game there. And uh, we'll hook up with the crew there. Because, yeah. again, that DJ also <laughs> You look a little too skeptical. D no, shout out DJ Shauna. She's awesome, man. And she's a lot of the NBA DJs, because we're in this Instagram group, text literally all of us. It's just 
NBA DJs. Um, and we're supporting one another, you know, and we're, oh, that's hey, cool. yeah, exactly. Like, hey, man, hey, guys, I just re- released this new track. Like, I'd appreciate, you know, if you like, comment, whatever. Um, and a lot of these NBA DJs now are going to making original music, which is just amazing. And part of it is the NBA has had kind of this crackdown last season and this season with especially music directors and DJs that are posting, like, sets. Like, I would post, like, my whole halftime set. Yeah. Well, that's obviously copyrighted copyrighted music oh, yeah, um but sure. inside the venue it's fine they're paying the ASCAP license yep. and everything like that but then it's a different story when it's getting then broadcast out and so even if you post like a Spotify playlist or something that's like just the text or well like most of your stuff wouldn't be on Spotify either because it's all edits and, and right but, but, but okay. it still gets so tagged like it still a, gets flagged yeah. and whether sure, sure. yeah oh really okay um and so they've kind of evolved into, all right, fine, let's just make our own tracks. And so that I've done that this season. Nice. Uh, I made a track with a local rapper who's just been blowing up, so I don't even want to call him local anymore, but Jay Plaza. Yeah. Um, I was, I've was i been a fan of him for, like, three years, and I, like, hit him up, like, three years ago, like, can I be your DJ? And he's like, yeah, man, whatever, let's work. So then I hit him up to make a song for the Timberwolves. It's called Wolfpack. Um Fuck if you yeah. go on my IG, which is at DJ Mad Martigan, in my link tree, you'll see this track. And so I play it every single game when the players come out onto the court. Yes. I yeah. know the song you're talking about. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, nice, dude. So you arrived that early so you can hear it, or you like saw it on the internet, or how did you? Yeah, yeah no, I've, yeah. Uh, the last Suns game I went to, which wasn't yesterday, but the uh, Suns game in, fuck, I don't remember what month that was. But yes. Well, no, thanks I, for getting there early. Definitely. Sure. I also did the same thing, but uh, I texted you. Like, I was in the suite. It was dope. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do want to throw it back to you, though. Uh, what is, Charles, what is your what is your answer for that? Because I, <laughs> I told Quam this earlier today is when I think of questions, so it, how the sausage is made is another situation where, so for me, I come up with the question before I come up with the answer. I never come up with the answer first. Yeah, I always come up with the question sure. first. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's either like I forget the answer that I had because I always write down the question. But in this particular instance, I was like, damn, I thought I had a really good answer, but I can't remember it. But we also agreed that you could answer this so many different ways. So you guys answered like a specific actual uh, food type that you can consume. For me, the easy answer would be ketchup because I've always belabored the fact that restaurants for a long time tried making their own ketchup. Stop and it. I'm not going to call anybody out, but I fucking hate it. Don't make your own ketchup. Yeah. Heinz is supposed they're to usually be. too sweet. But yeah, just make or something like else. Or they're or they're, it's just, yeah. it's just, yeah, <laughs> call us something else, yo. Like, yeah. don't, just make Heinz. Dr. Homemade Heinz. ketchup? Do- Dr. Heinz. But the best, Clark. Yeah. Lampoons when it's all chunked out. Real, and the girls like real real tomato ketchup, Eddie. <laughs> oh, holy Nothing but Clark. the best, Clark. Go ahead and you know, go ahead and doctor some Heinz. Yeah. Some curry make a curry ketchup with yeah. the Heinz. Which is exactly what I do. <laughs> or make banana ketchup, which is a Burmese mm. thing, which is not actually ketchup, it's something else. But my answer would be fucking sriracha because it's oh. something it's an answer that I arrived at very recently. And former guest of the podcast, Tyson Schnitker, who uh, is the owner of Scalvin a distillery said something the other day about Matt. He's it, he posted something like, "Imagine thinking you can make sriracha in Hoi Fung Foods," and I was like, "Dude, you just walked through my door and fucking kicked me in the chest like mm-hmm. I'm on the cast of 300." 
because I bought a bottle. They didn't have Hoifong at the wherever. I think I was at Whole Foods or something. And then I had Hoi Fong and I got like some other with uh-huh. like this cap, this weird cap that you can't even open. It's got the little flip cap on top of the, it's the uh, cone, but with like with a the little flip, cone yeah, on top of get the cone and it never opens. Oh. And I bought that shit and I started putting on my food and I have a million hot sauces as you know, Quam, mm-hmm. I'm a big time mm-hmm. hot sauce slut, but Sriracha is like something that you think of, a, you think of that flavor, right? You're like, I want Sriracha on this. I, I just, That's not sriracha. The no. shit I got is not. No. Wow, well, they really have a stranglehold because Ooh, I do. don't think it's I've perfect. ever seen. I thought sriracha was like part of their trademark. It's you know? not because it's like a style yeah. of. But hot I'm, sauce. I'm just saying I've never seen an alternate sriracha other than the hoi. There's a bunch now, but that's yeah. probably the one you like preeminently recognize on the shelf. Right. Is the it's green so bomb. I go to the Costco. Thing. We get the big one. The best. It's the we best. get the red stripe at first half size yeah. sriracha. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I also really love the idea of Charles in like a long flowing like mm. linen. Uh, wow. Like dress with gladiator sandals, kicking somebody this, off of a cliff. Oh, I was saying I was getting this. Okay. Is Sriracha. Like I really, I would love. I just want to see that. I, I look volunteer. more like Xerxes than anyone else in that movie. <laughs> well, that dude is badass. As long as you can put that effect <laughs> on your voice, I'm in. <laughs> oh shit! All right, I am go. a god. <laughs> I mean, he's catch, catch me at 7 a.m. I sound just <laughs> like that. Alexa Plus, asks I mean, me who the fuck I am every morning. She's like, I mean, excuse me, who the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to have to do it. Like, you, you do a lot of work on staying in shape and all that, but like, it's a whole different level to get like the kind of cum gutters that, that Xerxes has in that movie, too. <laughs> yeah. You got you to gotta work hard for that. It's not just the six pack. You got to get the V that goes down. You got to oh, get the whole the thing. The nose rings. Yeah. Glistening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mad tall, just yeah, and all, and all yeah, and the plus, whole empire is just built on, 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 on Hui Fong. Growing. Sriracha. If you can have yeah. two X's in your name, right? Isn't there yeah. multiple to X's? To start and to finish. Amazing. The Alpha and Omega Sources. are both X. Yep. And he's he's low key hot. Yeah, he's yeah, looking triple absolutely. X, but he's two X. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs the third one? It's like a jacked up pickup truck. Fuck it. Hold on. Yeah, we should have a shot. Oh, cheers, guys! Boop. Look at that. Well, well, well. well what do? Cheers yeah. to friendship, love. What do you know? And what else? It sounded like you had another one coming up. East Coast nineties hip hop. There it is. Oh! Friendship, love, All and right. East Coast nineties. Full 90s circle, baby. <laughs> oh man! Uh, All right, <laughs> Martin, we're taking it back in the DeLorean one more time. Uh, just thinking back to what we've looked at. Uh, as far as like fashion and music and everything else, if you could bring back one trend, it could be fashion, it could be music, it could be whatever, anything, one trend from junior high or high school for you, what would it be? And like make it cool now, like where everybody would be like, yo, that's amazing. All right, so got it. We've all seen the skinny jeans. They've been a thing. Yep. I feel like the skinny jeans evolved from the tight roll from seventh grade. Yeah. The tight roll on the jabos specifically with uh, the white tag in front. But either way, if you were tight rolling, you knew what was up. And so I want to combine the bagginess and the more comfortability sure. of the 90s streetwear. Not yes. so big. We're not talking Jankos here, okay? We're talking mm. just, you know. Natural fitting, not these skinny jeans, dude. Okay, and they're already coming back. Kanye, uh, thanks to partially because of him, like just comfortability and just less like just 
you know, sticking to your legs vibes, but then tight roll it at the bottom so it shows off your kicks. I got it. I mean, all right. Because everyone's like like flexing on their kicks. Do you think this is happening right now, though? Because no, no one's still tight rolling. Dudes are still wearing tighter pants for the most part. Ladies are starting to wear. Uh, it's starting. It's like beginning 90s. because you when see you like think a about lot it. of the baggy Mosimo shit. Uh, I have friends telling me their daughters are raiding like their grandma's closet, getting you know like the the looser fit jeans and stuff, like the old lighter denim, yep. which is fucking cool. Love you know, like some white denim. sneaks, the light denim, Mosimo side pony. Yep. very much. It's like. I'm back in 1994, yep. you know, which is fucking crazy. But dudes are still kind of, and I like, I do like uh, tighter fit stuff. Not like skinny, but slim fit is still very much my jam, even though I'm getting a lot of pants now. Like these these green jeans I'm wearing here are Shacos, right? So it's tight on my thighs because I got big thighs, the legs. I'm still getting used to this because I actually yeah. like this to be a little tighter. That's not bad. But it's, a you know, there's a little roll on it. So mm-hmm. the fit overall but I'm is pretty good. not built about, in. It's not built yes. in. No, you got to do the fold. still do it yourself. The manual roll, right. But we're but not talking like Jankos. A, we're not talking hammer pants here. Sure, we're talking something comfortability. Like straight leg. Sort yeah, of straight just leg something fit. that's not skinny jean. That's yep. just a little bit more whatever. And then, yeah. But peek in the sneak. And then the second thing, not that you asked me that there'd be two, but Please the do second it. thing is more turntablism and hip hop. I know that's okay. marred, staying on brand or whatever, but I just love the element of no. scratching. And it doesn't have to be this overwhelming thing. It can just be something as simple as right before the beat drops, boom, and then it just comes in. Just to just give some shine to, uh, I mean, ultimately, the creators of the genre of hip-hop started sure. out as, you know, where they were turntablist DJs like Cool Herc, Grandmaster mm-hmm. Flash, Grand Wizard Theodore, mm-hmm. and so... Um, Corday is, is, has having a little bit of that. So I think it's kind of, it's coming in in pockets, but like, if you guys listen to Wolfpack again, which is that song I made for the Timberwolves, I want it to be a part of the production and not have to overwhelm it. It's just making it part of the song. Like they used to do in the nineties when they tight rolled their jeans. I can't, I I can't argue with that. That's, I like that a lot. Also Reebok pumps. Okay. Next. (laughs) <laughs> not everybody was mad about integrating scratching into pretty much all forms of music in the mid to late nineties. You know, like when new metal became a thing, mm-hmm. sure. It got ruined by a lot of bad bands, but I actually will fucking harken back. I'll put my little AirPods in and go hide in the fucking office and I'll listen to stuff where, there was a lot of mixing and scratching and stuff, and I like it. It can work. It's just Incubus, that it got, Deftones. It got, bast- it got bastardized, right? By so people like that were bad like, at it. Fuck it. It was done to death. It was ruined. But And that's a totally different genre than even what you're talking about. It's, absolutely, it should be a part of, of modern hip-hop. Yeah, just part of the production. For well, sure. it's 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 an added live instrument. I, I I'm always yeah, like the yeah. more live instruments that you can have in something, the happier that I'm going to be. And mm-hmm. having that be a living, breathing part of the song that you're listening to will will always be the jam. And to go off your point, Charles, if you look at the entirety of 17 years that I made the majority of my money DJing over anything else, top five greatest DJs I've ever worked with was DJ Homicide, who was the DJ for Sugar Ray which is probably the, oh, yeah, the worst use 
of a DJ in any of the bands <laughs> in the 90s, but he was fucking incredible live. I watched him when when all of us were all aping crooklandclan.net and grabbing mashups and doing yeah. all that. He Crack showed up. For DJs. He showed up and we were chatting about it and he goes, "I'm going to try and peel your skull tonight because I'm going to do the entire night <laughs> just live mashups." And on one side, he had instrumentals. On the other side, he had Pellas. Oh and God. he did an entire two and a half hour set Whoa. of Off the Dome. What am I going to mix into this beat? What beat am I going to pull out and let the, this go? I like There were times where I forgot because I was supposed to be his hype MC. There were times that I forgot I was supposed to be working because I was so entranced That's in what cool. he was doing. And most people that are familiar with who he is would just know like the you're the guy that like in the, the fly like... Those, those are perfect scratches for that song though <laughs> they are and if you take them out it's a lot shittier of a song yeah no it changes like it, everything it adds it changed, something yeah it changes everything and it's not overly complicated uh charles we do as us hoping to be good hosts we do have an empty can over here and this was in the fridge are you okay with us? Arbiter, of course. Okay. Yeah, that's why. There I mean, are many letters in the bottom, and I have no idea what this is, but I always want to try and give Arbiter uh, props whenever I can. So any idea? Love <laughs> Do the you can remember art. what this is? No, it doesn't say on the label. It says it is a FDH DDH HD oh, IPA. Okay. I should know what that with, is because I know it was like a... With Karuba fruit. Okay. Karuba I fruit. That was a while ago, but I should remember what that was because I remember when they did that and they were trying to be like kind of over the top with it. So this is but this that's is a cool label be, too. Is this a little give them that brewery or yes. yes. Really? Okay. Yes. Down. Down. I'm super down. I love Karuba fruit, especially when it's local. Oh yeah. It's not it's not a high chew. Shout out to all the Karuba farmers it. out there, guys. You guys are doing the hard work. Karuba, Jamaica. So should I should I Oh, that's nice. Me, you want me to go, Quam? I'm going. It's not too get in there. Yeah. My answer is animatronics and SFX in movies and TV. Okay. Sometimes the correct choice is using makeup and animatronics. An old school job of the hut, not a digital job of the hut. Here's a fucking fantastic example, and it's topical for me. I just watched um, Spider Man No Way Home with my brother Tony. I waited out if you're listening to this modern day because my brother's disabled and we can't go to the movie theaters. So I was like, I'm going to watch it with Tony no matter when it, when it becomes available. And then I bought it on digital and he and I watched it like five days ago, the day after it came out on digital. And some of those motherfuckers on there look like shit. Some of the dudes on there look awful straight up. And I couldn't tell if it was because they thought there was some novelty to using the models. I'm not going to spoil anything. It's probably If you're listening to this right now, you maybe haven't seen it. But there's some characters on there where it's very evident that it's not up to snuff for Marvel. Mm-hmm. And the characters, and I'm not going to call out what they were, but they're clearly characters that could have just been, especially in dim light and shit, they could have just been like costumed. You could have paid a very capable SFX artist to create a costume for a character and have them lurking in the darkness. And you have to worry about like light refraction and fong shading and all this shit that would make it look unnatural. It just, it blows my mind that there are opportunities in these movies 
and TV shows where you could use costuming, SFX, animatronics, all that shit to accomplish something that is still not possible with the uncanny valley of uh, using visual effects that are computerized. I miss that. And also there's a novelty to it. Even if at times it looks weird when people see that they're more likely to buy in than they are when they see bad 3d, which, which is a 2022 thing. Would you say like three years ago, would you be saying these same statements? You know, cause that, the nostalgia of just, it doesn't have to look totally real. Right. It's kind of coming back. That's what's weird is that like sometimes it's so close that you think like, well, we look back in this in 10 years and say that it looked real. Or is this something is you that even the done? metric though? Is that even the yeah. metric anymore? Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I do like, know with like at, uh, tentacles re- in water or something. Fucking look at have just so, have an SFX artist make those things. Yeah. When you digitize it, then you got to digitize the water. Yeah. Right. Make some flailing ass tentacles. I, I, I think it's hard to hold a small budget indie movie like Spider-Man up to those same oh, standards. Yeah. I mean, they're just a little studio. You know, like, I mean, who even knows what Marvel is? Well, they had to pay, they had to pay so many Spideys. <laughs> right, you know? exactly. <laughs> I mean, they they, they ain't got that Garfield Maguire money if they're going to yeah. be doing that. But no, I... So many I, spiders, it was like a cabin bathtub in May. I couldn't agree with you more. I watched, uh, I never went and saw it in the theater, but I watched Aquaman on a plane uh, last year, and I was laughing hysterically at every battle scene because it looks campier than like a 1980s cartoon. Like I, <laughs> I saw more realistic human action in GI Joe battle scenes in 1988 than I did in any of those battle scenes in Aquaman, and I know that they spent infinitely more money on that Absolutely. and if you just do oh, less yeah, and have a little bit more realism yeah. and then you can do some faraway shots sure. if you need to but i agree with you 100 kwam i want to tell you something real yes. quick mm. this pale ale has some dill notes to it it does that is Dude. the that is the sultana in there uh, yeah but i'm saying like overall the quality of this with a shot of some aquavit mm-hmm. be very sexy. That is exactly where my head went to, and I'm glad that you Ooh, saw that. Nice. That's a uh, little Gamla Ode Dill Aquavit in my future. Absolutely. Yes, with a can of this stuff. Shit's going to happen. Or a pour of this. And what's it called? What's it? Dribble Drabble. Dribble I love Drabble. the name. You know, all those people saying, like, Memorable. why are you speaking up for your own rights? Just shut up and dribble. They were like, that's, oh. a, bunch of, that's a bunch of dribble drabble. Let oh. players stand up for everything that they are because... They're heroes to a lot of kids growing up. And it's something when people see representation, they feel like they can be that person. And I, I everything about this beer and the way nice. that like women's basketball, and women's sports are trending right now, it it makes my heart sing because I feel like I went to school with a lot of incredible athletes who happen to be female who did not have the same people to look up to. And it's to me the fact that it's the beer industry big upping women in sports together, it's just it's, I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of this. I'm, I'm nice, so thrilled. dude. And that yeah. is, that's beautiful, man. Um, you know, more companies, corporations, like think about all the money that's being made with some of these places that aren't so integrated into the actual communities that they're serving and just giving back with all the money that they're making. I mean, uh, so that's dope. That's tough. Uh, but yes, for, for my question, going back to the, the high school, junior high, high school thing, certainly. uh, I really, I, I'm surprised that it hasn't come around yet. I really want 
starter jacket parkas to come back. Oh yeah, with the short, they're shorter too. They weren't so well, long. Oh, they're coming. You go, you go Dude, either way. I, I know they, they are. are. The, that style has come though. That style yep. has now come where it's not as long in the back. Yeah, and I I loved I loved those. And then with that, you have to pair it with. I wish that all of the dope shoes, like I now have enough money to afford the shoes that I couldn't afford when I was young. But yeah, but props. when I was young, they were at every store. And now you have to react within 30 seconds of a drop <laughs> on an app on your phone. And if you oh. don't get them, then, you're fu- then they just don't exist anymore. Like they don't even go to stores anymore. Shoes don't even go to stores anymore. You have to hope that you win a lottery Ticketmaster style for the ability to overpay for a pair of shoes. <laughs> and I hate that. Like, look, I, they were everywhere when I didn't have money. And now I have some money and they're nowhere. And I'm very, very tired of that because I would love, I want a pair of black D Brown pumps and I want a pair of Jordan infrared sixes. Real quick. You got to let me recite this because I put this in one of my chat groups today and it's like a bunch of Nike boys, Yeah, but I'm not a Nike boy. I said, I remember when you could buy shoes if you liked them. Adidas advertises to me on Facebook a lot. And I saw a pair I dug click to make a purchase with my dollars. And they were like laughing my fucking ass off. You can't buy that shit. You fucking idiot. Yes. You're not a member of Adidas Legionnaire society. Yeah. And I was like, I I'll buy some cons. Dude, Isn't that weird? Like you, you want to know people like, you were like, I got the money. You got the shoes. People yeah. ask me all the time. Like I have three <laughs> pair. I have three pair of British night high tops and yeah, people ask me yeah. why. And I said, yeah. cause when I was a kid, those were also the high tops that I could afford and they yeah. were dope. And you know what? Now I can afford any of those high tops, but they're the only ones that I can buy on a regular basis. So yeah, I'll, I'll big ups to BK. I, I love British Knights. Mm. Me and Derek Coleman, man. We're holding it down. D. Cole, <laughs> dude. How is D. Cole? I feel like he's good. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen him. Damn. I haven't seen him since NBA Jam '99. But I feel like <laughs> I feel you like you still can, find him there. He can you're still wreck the rim. Exactly. He's still there on his tenth dunk. Him. He will shatter the backboard. So therefore, I feel like Derek Coleman's doing all right. You know. Yeah. That was such a fun game. Very little skill. Oh, I mean, so good. Some skill. medium skill. Medium skill. We'll go. Medium just, it was more timing. You had to learn like exactly when you could follow somebody and send them into the stands. You could you could play NBA Jam if you weren't very good. But you could get wrecked if you weren't the best. Yeah, I have it on my phone. I'm not gonna lie, and it's not. New. Oh yeah, you mentioned it's not that. new NBA Jam. I have NBA Jam '99. I know on you, my phone. you mentioned that. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, we're about to. We gotta, Nick. We gotta get your, your what, cup up in what here. What were the? You should have some of those on your sample player. The, the NBA Jam. He's on fire. Yeah. He's heating up. He's heating up. Boom, shaka laka laka. That was like the whitest slow pronunciation of boom, shaka laka laka. That was always the one that made me laugh. I'm yeah. Like, who the it fuck? It should be much more <laughs> like, than that. Like even Kevin Harlan would do it Those better. Those were than one that. takes. Yeah, exactly. With the script, and that was oh it. My. And he's like, nailed it. <laughs> and he left. With no regard With- for human life. <laughs> that is the best fucking. Oh. Call ever. Perfect. Oh my God. Tom Googly Oogly Oogly. Yeah. Ugh, Kevin Harlan. Such- Kevin Harlan is a national treasure. If you have the opportunity, he still does NBA Absolutely. games all over the country. And every now and then we'll do an NBA or NFL game. That voice is golden. Oh, he's the greatest. Golden. I, uh, if there was ever a person that I could thank for teaching me how to have fun on a microphone after all of the years and all of the money that I have made with microphones, it's Kevin Harlan. Hey. 
For no, with no regard for human life. Bing bong. <laughs> about the worst thing you could toast you <laughs> with no regard for human Because <laughs> of a I fucking know. nasty ass windmill dunk. Top googly oogly oogly. If you did not know. Down hard. It was it was Kevin Arthur and Trent Tucker because then Trent Tucker would be like, if you did not know who Stefan Marbury is at the beginning of this game, then you do now. <laughs> I was like, Thank, thanks, Trent. <laughs> oh man. All right. Question number five. Number five. It's last call. Your friends want to do one more shot. What is your preferred spirit for ending the night? Mm, it's got to be low key. It can't be too hardcore. I mean, I'm really worried about people driving and stuff. So, yep. <sighs> let's go lemon drops. Let's go lemon drops. Ooh. Ooh. Little hydration. Mm-hmm. Little, little flavor. Little something. Flavor persuasion. Little something zesty to wake you up. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the little sugar gets mm-hmm. you gets the blood going. Mm-hmm. Whatever sugar does, does things. Whatever um, does. Yeah, I would go with that. I mean, otherwise, just water. Just, guys. Oh, yeah, shots of water. That's, That's okay. legit. I've, I've Let's go lemon <laughs> drop. Lemon drop with an ice water on the side. Mm-hmm. Give yourself some time. Shot of a lemon let's drop, say they, shot of water. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have to be out by midnight. Lemon drop should be at 1145. Yep, you ain't right. With the water. Yep. So that by the time, you know, midnight rolls around, it's just you've just been sipping on water. And then the other thing, too, on this topic is I have been loving, um, it's called BAC Track. Oh, yeah. My wife got me, Gina, love you, babe. Uh, she got me one of these for, I believe it was Christmas a few years ago, and it is like three decimal places. It's the size of, like, smaller than a wallet, like, very compact. You keep it in your car. You get in your car. You take your BAC. Yep. You see where you're at. You do another one like five minutes later. Then you can kind of average it out or whatever. I do three, but you can do two. It gives you an idea of where you're at. You can think back to what you had. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had two of these. I had two of these. And then that, I got there at this time. I left at that time. You can really nail down what your BAC is on a normal, typical night that you like go out or whatever. And so, um, uh, yeah, so I've just been loving that, um, especially when I do, like, weddings, nightclub gigs, things where I am actually consuming alcohol. Um, like, if I'm at, like, a Timberwolves game or something, like, of course, I'm not, like, I'm right. not drink. But if I'm at a wedding for eight hours, yeah, I have a couple of rum and Cokes. Mm-hmm. And so it's just nice to have that in the car to be like, sweet, I'm .04, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe I stick around. I eat, like, a uh, couple of snacks that I brought, you know, mm-hmm. from the uh, – uh, at, at weddings especially, they have the – they call it the midnight snack. Yeah, you know, it's usually course. at like 10. It's, it's usually way too like, early. Like a pizza We drop. just ate dinner, man. <laughs> exactly. Like 11. Let's do it at 11. Wedding planners, change that. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so. I mean, that's, that's like, okay. I also have to ask, because people make lemon drops different everywhere. Is there mm-hmm. one in your history that you would go back to? Like if I could have that bar, it doesn't matter if it exists now. If I could have that bars or that parties or that places, like whatever, is there a probably the drop? loon because, uh, which is right on 
First uh, Avenue and Fifth Street in downtown Minneapolis. It was right kitty corner, basically from Imperial Room, which is where I DJed for seven years. That's where I got discovered by the Timberwolves uh, Entertainment guys, Chadwick Folkstead and, and that Aaron Dodge and that whole crew. Ben Quam. Ben I, I also discovered you there. No, that's true. And you know who else did? Who's that? Gina, my wife. Yeah. She booked me for her wedding. Yeah, and legitimate shout out to Gina. Wow. One of one of the most driven and uh, amazing humans. I I I am really fortunate to be able to be like this is me taking credit for your awesome relationship. But like <laughs> not, not taking credit, but like it's really cool for me to see the group of men that I have chosen to surround myself with when they have found their partners that are going to be their partners for life. It is absolutely amazing because what I see is a reflection of all the good things that I see. And I'd say this to you too, Charles, like when I look at Marnie, your wife, I see, of course, somebody like that would love you because they see the same things that I see in you. And like, of course, Gina would love you because she sees the same things that I do in you. But then like they take it to the nth degree. Like that's a whole different thing. And it's just, it's like, yeah, yeah. as a friend, it's really cool to get Feel to that. watch that when, when people find those relationships, because you're just like, yeah, I've, I've, I've been saying that. Like, yeah. why, why didn't anybody else get it? You know? And then <laughs> like, and then you're like, Oh, somebody did. You just had to wait for the right person. That's, that's always yeah, the, thing the right time. Me. Yeah. 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 Oh fuck. Absolutely. But, the right time. Yeah. Uh, thanks man for those great comments. I mean, uh, yeah, I, like Gina and now love her and am in love with her. But at the beginning she was just coming in the Imperial room. I was playing nineties hip hop. She was just like, she'd be at a, a spot that was like, you know, two blocks over and this DJ's whack. Let's go, let's go see Marta again in Imperial room. She'd bring her girls. She'd buy me red stripes. Ah. You know, she knew the keys Damn, to the heart Imperial room. way before Shit. the Porsche got driven. You know what I'm talking about? Beep, beep. Uh, <laughs> Beep, beep, skirt, skirt. Uh, that's a Missy Elliott reference. But uh, so, yeah, she 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 literally booked me to DJ her wedding. And then, unfortunately, and fortunately for me, but, like, unfortunately for the time and the situation, it fell it, it, fell, it fell apart, you know. And it was a, a few months beforehand. And I convinced her to, to still throw a party on that date with the DJ. You already put the deposit down. With Ooh. the venue, Aster Cafe, dope. Ooh. Venue. Amazing, yeah. Um, you know, keep the venue, keep all that stuff. Yes. Send out new invitations to only your people, and throw a party for yourself. I called it a celebration of self. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. We we hashtag on this show all the time. Celebrate, celebrate everything. everything. That's it. Nice. Don't wait for somebody to tell you when you can celebrate. Pick whatever it is and celebrate that happiness in your life. Whether it's newfound freedom whether it's newfound happiness, whether it's a personal success, whether it's a friend of yours that you want to, well, like whatever it is. Fucking Negroni day, yeah. whether it's president's day, who gives a shit? Like do I love want next party? Tuesday. Do you want to party? Do you want to celebrate something? Fucking do it. Celebrate it. You'll have nothing but regret later in life. If you pass up opportunities, especially if you feel it in your heart, some people, I think genuinely, I can't relate to these people, but some people just don't want to celebrate anything. Yeah. But I think a lot of us might look back on our lives and say, shit, we sh I should have really mm. been prouder about the 10-year anniversary of my business. I should have been prouder about or, like, happier about that 25th anniversary or what have you. Imagine. So that's dope. That's Bro, that sounds like the... 
script to a rom com. There it is. No, it sounds I, like Adam Sandler really, before he was shitty. It doesn't even sound real when I tell. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making it up when I tell no. it, but that's no. like what happened. I, I was I was listening okay. to it happen in real Verifiable. time. Right, because we had leadership yep. meetings back yep. then, and I'm like, we should come up with another reason for people to basically mm-hmm. spend money on a DJ. Yep. Yeah. To, like let's okay. There's weddings, cool. There's you know there's annual galas, great. There's proms, cool. There's nightclubs. Let's come up with something else. Another reason for why a typical yes. client of Generation yes. Now would like spend yes. money on a DJ. And I'm like, what about the celebration of self? Well, think and about- at first it was called the self-abration. Where I combine the two, and then I'm but like, that sounds, that sounds like, hard. That sounds like, I guess. Sounds like you burned yourself. <laughs> I, know, like, I gave like, myself a self abrasion. I know. Really? No. No. But okay. imagine, imagine. Depends how the party went. You know. It, it, like I know that you know we. I know that things happen, but like if if we all you know, get the, the growing old and like, you know, slowly passing away on a hospital bed. Uh, imagine anybody thinking like, I, you know what? I think I was too grateful for my life. <laughs> like it's not, it's not a thing. The yeah. act of like throwing a party for yourself, if it truly is to celebrate the people around you and the life that you have, that is actively being grateful for what you are experiencing in this world. And there should never be a reason that anybody should feel guilty about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can, I can make some comments about if somebody just wants to stunt and throw money around and be like, I'm richer than you so I can do this. I'm saying if you truly are celebrating your life, what's going on in your world, there should never, ever be a but side to it. it joy, and, only joy, be, and pride, joy and pride don't have to be intersect. Correct. You know, correct. Like pride is pride can be problematic, but just joy. Like for me, I throw a fucking birthday party every year. I've always done it and it's because I want all the people I love to be around me at the same time and if that means I can point to 1122 and say what up you should all be at this bar at the same motherfucking time it doesn't have fuck all to do with me nothing to do with me I just want to be around my people so in that way I'm selfish because I want everyone I love to be around me all the time Right, but it's just not realistic, right? So, like, your birthday is a great way to then have that experience without being egomaniac or whatever. It's like, well, realistically, are all these people going to come over on a random Tuesday just (laughs) because, hey, let's hang out. People have kids. People have lives. People have work. People have depression. People just want to sleep. People just want to scroll through Instagram. They got to work. They're traveling. There's yeah, yeah. So we literally started dating that night of that party that I convinced her to do. And now here we are, that's you know, so with two kids with us. And then Dude, Henry, that's cool as hell. Yeah. It's, wow. It just doesn't, it just doesn't seem like, I just feel like I'm telling it. You know, sometimes you have a story that's just so grandiose and whatever. And he's like, you're telling you're like, is this actually what happened? Is yes. Real life? <laughs> it is. It's just, it's just crazy. But I feel lucky as hell that that wedding fell apart. Yeah. And uh, I now have, you know, my soulmate. Like, we're we're best friends. We're partners. Like, we – and now Gina, uh, she left her job um, with uh, WideX, which is a hearing aid company. She was an inside mm-hmm. sales rep. And now she's a real estate agent and working for Generation Now. So, like, you know, doing what, you know, cool. we've done for so long of just, like, you're on your own. You are uh, earning income and doing things that you actually love. Mm-hmm. And so uh, – 
Yeah. Shout out to Gina. Love you, babe. That's dope. What's up, I hope Gina? she's. I hope she listened this long. We, <laughs> exactly. we shall see. We shall see. Timestamp it. Yeah. We'll look. Yeah, we have uh, thousands of listeners on this podcast, yep. and my wife is, I think, typically not one of them. Uh, I. I think she listens sometimes, but Jenny. I always Je- tell her, I'm like, don't feel bad because most of the people who listen to this well, podcast are people we do not know. Yeah. It's and crazy. That's way more important than your friend being. And like, I love it. All right. And someday we're all gonna hang out. I mean, we're coming to Australia. We're coming to Ireland. Coming. We're coming. It's gonna, dude. It's a thing. We're yeah, gonna we're figure out. To Cork, how to... We're coming to Cork, Australia. Yep. May seventh. No, just kidding. It's not happening. But... Adelaide. <laughs> May seventh. Cork, Ireland. Get ready. Tickets are seventeen dollars. <laughs> you'll get the whole seat, but you'll only we'll need the edge. edge. Oh, fucking yeah, that's the best. Uh, oh shit, we were talking about stuff. Yeah, I guess last call shots, man. Uh, I I will. You know, honestly, uh, what you said about Gina really kind of made me think about how lucky I am to have my relationship because I met my wife in as I was walking out of the burning embers from. Uh, a, a very short first marriage. And if I hadn't gone through that, I don't think I would have been ready to meet the amazing woman that is my wife. Uh, I, I needed to learn a lot about loss and I needed to learn a lot about personal accountability and like what, mm. what I can do better to be a better person, regardless of like why things went wrong and, and anything about what she did. I needed to learn about how to be a better me. And I'm still learning that again, going back to what we were talking about. There's n- I'm never going to be like a perfect husband, but if every day I try to be a better husband, I feel like I can get there. Right. And one of the first times before we had ever even gone on a date, one of the first times that I was, cause I was, I was crushing on her pretty hard. We worked together part time and basically my happiness rose and set with whether or not Jenny was working. And we went out after like, I had, we had been working together for about a month and I had been flirting. That's not, very telling, even though that's like crush stuff, but that's also like, that's yeah. very telling where you're mm-hmm. like, ah, she ain't here. I like, I don't like yeah. this. I would literally, if she wasn't working, I would take the early cut because I was making yeah, enough yeah. money DJing yeah, that like, I yeah, like bartending go. was like something I did extra on the side. If she wasn't working, I would take the early cut. If she oh, was yeah. there, if she was closing, because she always closed, because she made bank. So I would just like, yeah, I'll stick around. Like, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, you can get out of here. I'm, I'm just going to stay here and hang out. And the first time that we went out together uh, was to the Imperial Room. Damn. You were DJing. Shit. And uh, two, of other, <laughs> two of our other coworkers came with, who were also both incredibly attractive. So three brunette gorgeous women walk into the bar and I'm right behind them. And uh, Moxie was working and Cass was working and I think 40 was working. And Moxie and my wife were very close and Moxie looked up and he was making clearly like a round of shots for everybody at the bar. Like they were going to pour it around and he looked up and he said, Oh shit, Jenny, do you want a shot? And without missing a beat, my now wife said, if it's not whiskey, you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) And intro, I, I was like, yo, <laughs> I love this woman. And like all of, all of the people, men and women at the bar who were like waiting for some mixed, like mixed party shot. 
all like turned around. Yeah, he was doing like the you put all 10. the shots together and you yeah, pour it especially out. what year would this have been like two thousand this ten. Okay. Yeah, 2010, okay. 2011, somewhere in there. And I just remember a bunch of people looking over the shoulders and then realizing that everyone that looked over their shoulder were not on the level of the three brunettes that were standing behind them. No one even noticed that I was there. Like, I love the fact that I vanished into the ether at six foot five. Invisible giant? Gone. And all of that poured out. And then I think it was Cass looked up and he's like, oh shit, Quam. Uh, do you want something too? <laughs> I was like, uh, I'll have what she's having. Literally, let's just point right. at that. And then they whatever, just poured me a whiskey. Whatever she's, whatever she's doing. But I loved that she didn't even look at the other two women that were with her. Like those three were very close. And it, it wasn't that she didn't care. It was literally, you asked me if I want whatever this BS is. And I am telling you that if it's not whiskey, I don't care. Yeah. And I was absolutely smitten because I would have thought the same thing. But I would have said something like, if it's cool, like you pour all those out, I'll just grab like a whiskey, like a Jameson or like a, you know, what, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever you want to grab. Mm -hmm. And I just, I loved how she owned the moment and she yep. did that. And so to this day, now we have been together for 11 years coming up. And I love thinking about that. And every time, if it's like, as Kieran Folliard would say, one for the ditch, that's always, it's, it's whiskey. That's it. That, that is always my final one. It's only a thing if I'm not driving home because uh, I was an idiot enough. So it still is? Still like is. It used to be and it still is. Uh, to quote Mitch Hedberg, uh, <laughs> I still do. Or I, I used I still do, but I used to too. Like, up, yeah. I used to drink whiskey. I still do, but I used to too. That's that's it. Like, that's mm -hmm. always, I don't, there is there is nothing else that I would grab as much as I love Akavit, I would never have that as my last drink as much as I love anything else. It would be whiskey or that's it. And again, it's only because I've earned myself a DUI before. That's when I'm getting into a, a car. If I'm driving home, I will have already have stopped, you know, like 45 minutes or an hour before and just consumed water to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. Because I just don't, I, that feels weird at the end of the night to be like, yeah, let's do one more and then get in our cars and drive home. Yeah, but it feels weird to not have anything either. So that's why just like, even just a glass of water with yeah. a straw, I'm just, mm -hmm. I feel comfortable. I'm like, okay, I'm okay. That's, yeah, I can yeah. still it's like, uh, we're maintain about this ideal. conversation. Yeah, about like ideal time and place. Yeah, or even like if we're it's in like, Vegas together. Even if it's like a party and your homie's staying in the guest room, like, uh, we're talking about utopia status. Yeah. Like for me at Grumpy's where I can walk home very easily, like something like that, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I would still, like a whiskey would still be my, like that's it, even mm -hmm. at home if I'm by myself, if I'm playing video games. I mean, with you my, should always do water anyways. Yeah, but even I. Even with the shot, pound a big ass glass of water because you that. feel a lot better in the morning. Hydrogen and oxygen. But, but you got to have two of them. With water? You gotta have two hydrogen. Well, right, right, yeah, yeah. If you yeah, just go yeah, hydrogen yeah, and oxygen, no. some, we got a lot of Bill some. Nye Science Guy fans out there. Hey, shout out Bill Nye I for mean, all the education. You know, all right, so Charles, I guess I'm gonna change my answer. If you're gonna say that yeah. it's it's in a utopia, in a perfect world, my favorite thing ever. I was thinking that we were at a bar. My favorite thing sure, ever, but like is allegedly the green tincture that is in my fridge. Like that's the uh, that's bing, the bing. okay. Nope, that's. Because it is. It is that's like, a less typical answer for sure because right. I think you and I probably would both say 
like a shot of whiskey for the road. Right. If it's just like a bar. But if I'm at my house and I got somebody, if you're staying over at my house, Charles, mm. and you're like, you know, we wanted to have like an epic night you're or whatever. Watch that cartoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smiling friends home. or yes. over the garden wall. Harold's like, what up? It would be, it would be, because again, I mean, it's cut with 190 proof allegedly. Everclear, if there is alcohol involved in it, it would be that diluted in water would be my 100% because then I'm taking in a bunch of water. Yeah, so like it's allegedly. A, right, so like right now Love it's it, a dude. traditional like Holy bumper for it's game over. That's your thing. That's good. I like it. Because then I no like matter it. what, like before I go to bed, I always drink at least 20 ounces of water. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning yeah. when I get up, I set my alarm early enough that I can get up and I can read 15 minutes to 20 minutes of news and I can can drink another glass of water before I get out of bed so that before I go to sleep and when I wake up before I do anything else, I'm giving my body fresh water no matter what. Mm -hmm. And if there's something else that I can allegedly add to it that may make things a little bit better when it comes to going to sleep, that is 100% what I will do. And that is absolutely Mm -hmm. my perfect scenario. Right on. So, quick story about the tincture. Ooh. Back when my mom, Ooh. she was still alive, Ooh. and it was her last, or excuse me, it was her second to last Christmas on Earth. We went to see Mannheim Steamroller, because that is the greatest Christmas music. I don't care what anybody says. Ooh. It's just epic sounding, and we went to see them, and we stopped by your crib, dude, Ooh. on the way there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, this is a comic I've been working on. It's a comic book. It's a graphic novel, if you will. And we drove over to Quam's place in this novel and acquired some. And it was me, my sister, and my brother-in-law, Gina, my mom. And we went to see Mannheim Steamroller. And uh, it was just so glorious, dude. And in part because of alleged... Things Ooh. that were allegedly <laughs> acquired. Uh, that that is that is a allegedly. <laughs> that is still a, a memory that I cherish very much. And because you came out to the car, in the graphic novel, you <laughs> like walked exactly. over the ice, and you were like, yeah, it was slipping around. It was stuff. great having the having the comic book artist penning that out. It was beautiful. Like, I'm yeah, really no, glad he that captured we, the way that you ex- slipped <laughs> on the black exactly. ice. Yeah, exactly. So well, dude. Uh, I, I want to get back to that, but I want to ask. Uh, <laughs> Charles, his his answer to that question, and then we're going to come back to that. So, if what is your seven, ideal number seven? Oh, right, the answer. Well, uh, I am definitely indecisive regarding the things that I drink. I used to always end my night with some whiskey. Always, like it would just be like. <laughs> I remember Brandon and myself were at um, an MMA show at a suburban venue in Minneapolis and a guy uh, from Minneapolis, but a guy had a shirt where the print on the back said, go to sleep fucked up and his entire ass was hanging out of his pants. (laughs) And like, we thought it was the funniest shit we ever seen, but we also (laughs) were like, he's kind of right. We do do that. And it was the first time I had to actually come to terms with my own um, mortality and the way that I feel about that, like taking a shot before you go to sleep. Why? That's a waste of money, motherfucker. You're going to... There's no point. Why would you do that to yourself? So in this day and age, when I'm a little more thoughtful about what I drink and when and 
what purpose does it serve and should I drink anymore because I'm about to be sleeping in 45 minutes anyways my whole ethos now is that I go from and I don't necessarily start with sweet stuff but I more and more regardless of what I drink I go from sweet to the antithesis of that so if I'm drinking cocktails I'm at cocktail bars too frequently I'm like Ah, man, my tongue is just slick with sugar. I'm just done with the the simple syrup and all the other sweet components that come with the cocktails that we're drinking. And I usually, like, very rapidly turn away from that. So it goes from, like, an old-fashioned that's got a reasonable amount of sugar in it to, you know, uh, a Glad or like wines that have a lot of sugar in them to s- just like nope had enough got to go away. So for me, the optimal answer again, if we're talking about like all things equal, the opposite of sweet is bitter. Lord, I want motherfucking Lord. Yes, yes. I yes, do love yes, to finish yes. my. I love to finish my night at home, whether we're partying at my house or elsewhere. When I go home, if I if I want a little something extra. Or I'm already home. If I want a little something extra, I want to drink Malort because I want that bitterness. And also it's that, that like digestive quality. You want that like herbal medicinal quality. And that bitterness helps to slick away that sugary or like sweet quality. I want that hyper bitter, boozy, herbal quality that comes from Malort. So like ideally, if you made me pick, if you're like today... Charles, age 40, what do you want at the end of the night? What do you want at the end of the night? You've been drinking all day, all night, whatever. You've been drinking for fucking 15, 16 hours. You're going to drink one more thing before you, before you call it a night. What do you want? I want my Lord. I ducked that answer because I thought you were going to say that. I, <laughs> I, I 100% would agree oh, yeah. with you because uh, I have been on a Malort kick after going to uh, Madison, Wisconsin. I came home with two bottles of it, and that has been my That has been my good night because I know that I'm the only one that will drink it. I'm going to Chicago in a couple of weeks, Just and I'm going to be bringing I'm going to bring yeah. a case back. Dude, it's, it's yeah, and I will throw you money. That is 100% the answer that I would say, but I knew that's where you were going, and I, or I was hoping that was where yeah. you were going. Yeah, that, no, but you knew oh, that's. But it's so funny. That's good. adorable. I love you it. You guys are cute AF. I'm not love saying the it. F because we're back to being PG. There we go. All right, uh, <laughs> I do, um, Charles. I wanted to leave it up to you because I poured something for uh, for us uh, from a different bottle for this time. But I know that it's it's not your favorite. So if you want to do one more, of no, I'm gonna. No, too. I'm gonna because okay. So uh, it's not that it's not my favorite. Because, again, we were talking about this prior recording. It's good, but there's an element in there that is not to my preference. Sure. But I actually want to break it down with you. Okay. So um, what Charles is pouring into his cup right now is, uh, we've talked about it on the show before, is a six-brand blend of rum that I aged in a barrel at my house. And then when that was done, uh, I poured whiskey a five bottle whiskey blend into that same barrel. Yeah, baby barrel, right? Like yeah, baby were... barrel, like a little little five liter guy. And uh, I really thought, I thought for me, like rum has always been something that I liked but didn't love. And after going to Ronda Barrelito, that's why I wanted to bring the two together. 
after going to Ronda Barolito and having that uh, tour in Puerto Rico, I came back thinking, like, I have not given rum anywhere near the amount of focus that I've given whiskey. Sure. And, and that um, was, uh, like, five years ago now, right? That was uh, November of 2019. Okay, so, yeah, a... a Long enough ago that you had to actually contemplate, correct, the respect that rum deserves. Yep, I had like I I wanted to give it its time because uh, a lot of my time in the cocktail world, every year we would tell everybody that this is the year that rum is gonna come on, and it it never does. Rum rum is the logger of the distillation world. <laughs> like we just keep waiting for it to break in America. I, it yeah, like. I've been saying to my clients for years, and I can say this in the air now, but for years I've been saying, loggers happening, loggers happening, yep. loggers. Because it was, the, that wave was like, <laughs> like it just didn't want to rise, yeah. but it was about to. That's wrong. Well, and people are paying like $90 for a bottle of $25 whiskey. And yet rum yeah. just sits there yep. at that same price point, and no stuff. one is talking about or touching it. We're still there too. So what I did, what I tried to do was create some of the same flavors that I love in Ronda Barolito. I tried to create with a blend of rums. So we have uh, Bacardi eight-year aged. We have regular Bacardi. Uh, there is a little bit of Meyer in like there. white? The white? The white, yep. Okay. Uh, we have, uh, there's some Meyer dark rum in there. Nice. Shout there out Dustin Meyer. <laughs> exactly creator of Meyer tech rum uh there is a uh, regular plantation plantation overproof and a splash of pen plantation pineapple and then there is a sixth bottle of rum uh diplomatico which i believe is nicaraguan but might be colombian and we pour is it dark or is it just it's it's a spice rum so okay. it's it's that same sort of like dark but amber not Meyer's dark dark Correct. Meyer's dark dark. That's the only that's dark, a dark rum. We'll call that dark dark. Yes, from here on that out. dark dark. That's the only that one. That dark Vader. And literally, it was only because the, the Bacardi thinned it out so much that I wanted to get like a darker caramel color in there. Yeah. And then it took on it more. Well, it took on more from the barrel too. Uh, so it was a virgin oak charred barrel that was intended for whiskey. And so uh, we poured all that in there. And then it hung out there for three months. And then uh, we pulled that. And with those little barrels, I don't know. I, I don't know the science behind this, so I'm not going to act like this is 100% true. But what I have been told from three different liquor companies is those smaller barrels, one month equates to one year in a giant 55 gallon yeah, barrel. A lot of surface as far as the surface area goes. Right. So it's, it's taking a lot of the character from it's that. It's so tight that it's right. making so the extreme contact the, the fresh the char went into this, and then once I drained out that rum. Then I refilled it with whiskey, and then we aged whiskey in that same barrel for another three months, pulled the whiskey, and then we aged hot sauce for two months in the rum and whiskey barrel. Damn. And then Made it saucy. And then we burned it in a fire, and boy, I'll tell you, standing outside that fire after the hot sauce, not the best idea. <laughs> Wait, didn't we burn that barrel? We did. We Do you remember how bad that smoke episode? smelled at the, yeah. at the beginning? Like it had to burn uh, through the capsaicin right away. It was quite a surface. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it smelled it smelled spectacularly of a police intervention in, in Minneapolis in 2020. Anyway. Fuck it, let's pitch. Yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's have a little cheersy poo of this one. Love the recap. Love the preamble, dude. Boom. I love the behind the scenes. I love the VH1 behind the rum. Behind the rums. DJ Matt Martigan, thank you for joining us. Yeah. This has been fucking 
sick. Yeah. One more question. Great. Yeah. And so for the last question, I'm really glad that you brought your mom up because we have been really privileged. All three of us uh, that you're hearing on the mics right now have been really privileged to be a part of a lot of really amazing things. But we've also, we've experienced a bunch of uh, very acute personal loss. Um, uh, Martigan, y- you lost your brother and you more recently you've lost your mother. Uh, I lost my brother right before uh, COVID hit, and Charles, you lost your father. Uh, when was that? Two years ago, like five days ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the thing, I, I, I didn't want to try and like make this like uh, something that we should like, you know, like, like I, it, it's hard because we have so much fun in this podcast. We have a lot of laughs, but at the sure. same time, all of these experiences that we're talking about build us into who we are mm-hmm. and teach us things and show us different paths that maybe we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And as your friend and as somebody who also has just been an outsider looking in, uh, I know that the loss of your brother Elliot fueled a lot of your desire to get into doing things for yourself and pushing forward. Yeah. And a, I wanted to ask, like now looking back on that, what, what do you see now with, you know, a lot of years between that loss and, and where you are with your family, but then also adding in um, the loss of Linda as you had dealt with very, very acute loss earlier. And then at the same time, we're building like a family and all of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that especially in in the Midwest, in the U.S., we shy away from hard conversations, especially if it might be something that, that would involve some pretty deep emotions. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have realized is that since I lost my brother, I had no idea how many people I knew that had lost siblings because so many people don't want to talk about it. And that's totally okay. If If loss hits you and the idea of talking about it is too hard. I think that that is, that's okay. I don't think that anybody should have to try and, and torture themselves in order to do something. But for a person like me, the only way that I can heal is by talking about it. The only way that I can heal is by trying to figure out what I can take from that loss and turn it into something good to carry that with me. And so not to like put you on the spot, but you have, you have a, a sibling and a parent in, slightly distant losses from each other, right? So could I just ask you, like, how has that affected your path? And how has that changed or made different or made better or made worse? How you see things around you? Like, does that make sense? This is is like a hard question to ask. But at the same time, like, I I just, I I love what you have, have done with, all of that weight and all of that pain. And I'm, I'm hoping that maybe other people might be inspired by that. Yeah. I mean, if you've been listening this long and you're at this <laughs> point, let's go there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, our people stick through it, through it with us. Well, we and we can use this as a separate completion. clip too. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But yeah. um, shout out to you if you have listened this long and into this great conversation. But yeah, I mean, my story, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. And I told you this in text. I've told you this multiple times in person, yeah. I wouldn't be in this podcast right now had my brother Elliot not passed away in December 2004 in a car accident because he didn't wear a seatbelt. 
um, and he was drinking. And so it's like sucks, but at the right. same time, it's amazing. Like beautiful things can come out of trauma and tragedy. Yeah. And like, that's where I'm at, you know? So like with my mom though, <clears throat> cause like I'm mad jealous of Gina, my wife, cause she can talk to her mom, you know? Um, but I just have so much more drive to like, yeah. um, my biggest word is, uh, honor. Hell yeah. Yep. And just honoring whoever they could be living and they don't have to be dead, you know? But like, I get high off that, you know, like knowing if my mom was looking down, which who knows, right? Yeah. That's a whole separate yeah. conversation, but um, let's solve that right but, now too. Yeah, let's go into it. But like, yeah, if she was in any regard or whatever, she'd be like killing it. Yes. I mean, like I, I, I want to give your mom, Linda, some mad credit because one of the things that I've always wished for is that I have the time if I can, when I know that it's not going well, I want to be able to like, you know, tell people some, some shit. And I think back to when we got to play like family feud at, <laughs> at poor house. Yeah. And like, yeah, we literally called it tumor humor. Like we that were, was your idea though, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I threw it out it there, you're, but like, you're the name master. Like. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out like, it should be about like, I don't know. Your mom was such an inspiration because she still kept her sense of humor and she still yeah. like was giving me shit. Like if I got too emotional, she'd be like, I'll stop it. And she just like smacked me. But <laughs> again, that's, that's a lesson that I learned is that we all like, it doesn't do any good if I'm amplifying my sadness onto somebody else who's already holding the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. If the, f if the reason that you want to be around me is that I might make you giggle, then I want to do that. But like, that's something that I learned, you know? And I don't like, did that, did that take, I don't know. I, and again, this is just as an outside person who gets to watch you perform. But I feel like, especially since, since your mom passed, like I've seen, I've seen like bigger highs and like you just embracing the vibe of everything. Nice. And you know, like, I mean, is that, is, is that something that you're conscious of or is Not that something until that... recently? Okay. Yeah. No, it just, you know, it's like this. I didn't go, I, I went to therapy for a little bit and saw a, uh, you know, grief counselor. Mm -hmm. She was awesome. But then we moved way far away. And so then it was just kind of up to me. And luckily, you know, I have this wife that is just so supportive and everything. And, but like, it really is up to you though. Like at the end of the day, it's just like, I just had this subconscious thing of just like, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, like in everything, like my business, you know, my relationship with my kids every day has to be just the dopest day. And that's like the attitude I have. And I, it just wasn't at that level before my mom died. So yeah, I, I realized that. Uh, recently and then um, yeah just that's the word I keep going back to is honor like honor the people that you love like honor the people that inspire you you know whatever that means like my best friend Steve passed away and we were t uh, doubles partners in tennis mm -hmm. in Bloomington Jefferson so like when I play tennis I just feel this like deep euphoria because I'm like I'm honoring Steve right now yeah mm -hmm. yeah uh, 
I mean, Charles, I feel like that's kind of an echo to what I was going to ask you, because in addition to the loss of your father, also, like, I mean, Mike was was family too, you know? Yeah, I mean, via this, how the, the conversation has gone so far, you know, if you're talking about immediate family, yeah, I lost my dad two years ago, but my dad, like, I didn't have a relationship with that dude. Right. He didn't. You know, I'm not going to. It's a, But it's a different kind of loss, you know? Like, I, I think sure. that that's still. Sure. But, like, part of it is we're speaking to the general public. It's not the kind yeah. of stuff that I really want to dig into. No, I think, uh, actually, the way I'm going to do it. And, yeah, we we talked about Mike on the last episode. and Let's keep talking about Mike's, him, man. Yeah, Mike's, Mike's my guy, and I'm never going to stop talking about him. But I'm going to talk about something that maybe I brought up, but I haven't brought up for a while. But my Uncle Antoine, yeah. who passed uh, uh, of COVID, you know, and that's Damn. important, too, to, like, yeah. be pointed about that. Yeah. That, like, this guy, this guy had a fucking heart attack and kept chopping wood. This was, like, I just had a memory pop up on Facebook. This happened, like, four years ago, maybe five years ago. I was chopping wood and had a heart attack and kept chopping wood. And then his son, my cousin, the Z, came home and said to him, like, Dad, you don't look good. And they took him to the hospital. And the motherfucker had a heart attack, and he's out there still chopping wood. It was a monster, and he got yeah. taken down by COVID. And absolutely an inspiration in my life, that fucking guy. And, I, you know, it's not like I saw him all the time. That's the other thing, you know, you can look at it, the notion of I'm an American-born Lebanese boy and my family over there are people that I only see occasionally, especially, like, now I see them every 18 months, but for many years of my life I didn't see them at all. I mean, what's the gap been right now? Like, what, two and a half years? It's been a minute, yeah. It's been since our Lebanese... um, Wedding ceremony. Almost two years since our... Yeah, since our... Mine and Marnie's Lebanese. Uh, yes, it's been a minute, but thankfully Antoine was there. Uh, my uncle Kareem was there. They're both gone. I got some real cool photos because I brought my camera because it wasn't like it wasn't like we had like a photographer there. But my cousin uh, Vico, my cousin Victor, had the camera, and I was like, "There's some fireworks going off. Can you just grab the camera? Cause it's gonna be me and Marnie." And then my brother and his wife, because it was their one-year anniversary, so we kind of, like, treated it like it was all of us. So he had the camera, and he's taking photos. And actually, I really treasure those shots because you see my Uncle Antoine and my Uncle Kareem looking like kids, looking at the sky like this with the lights firing up. And then that that was the last time I saw either of those guys. But Antoine is... Yeah, that guy's an inspiration. I was going to talk about my dad and say, like, the the cautionary tales that, like, you know, be good to, be good to your people because, you know, if you aren't, then you could end up dying alone. But that also is, like, a whole other bag of snakes because <laughs> I'm not mad at – I'm not mad at my father – and I haven't been for many years. It's just that he didn't, he was like a stranger. And so then saw him one time and then he passed like six months later. Oh, wow. And and I wasn't like good riddance or nothing, but like yeah. he's, he's just not, 
he's not in my life. Right. So wow, that's crazy. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna eulogize him or anything. It's also like I'm not angry at him because here's another thing because I love to espouse sayings on this podcast and in my life is you can't kill someone else by poisoning yourself. That's okay? it, man. I think that he's he probably suffered enough because he spent his entire last basically 25 years of his existence without the boys that he brought into this world who Mm. were fucking killing it. You know, obviously my brother, Tony is disabled. That's the big problem. That's the big problem in the equation is that he abandoned my disabled brother. Also, Tony's the shit. My brother, JP and myself. And yeah, Tony, Tony's a fucking, absolutely. He's a guru. The guy's, most positive person I know who probably has more reasons than any of us to be mad about shit. But my brother JP and myself are killing it. And when we saw my dad the last time, it was the first time we seen that motherfucker in 22 years at that point. We basically said to him, we have beautiful, smart, loving wives, incredible careers. We've done, we've done it all. Maybe you seek some solace in that. I didn't want him to feel bad about it. I wanted him to make me think like you made something good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want him to yeah. go to the grave thinking he fucked up or something. I wasn't there to tell him like, you motherfucker. Yeah. And that was it. And that was the last time I saw him. And then he was off to Lebanon. But I am saying for me personally, a direct family member, yeah. just someone that we didn't. Yeah, that was it. We didn't call Ash. And, and that was it. And he's gone now. And... Never, you know, I don't, I don't have any ill feelings towards him, but if you want me to, if we're talking about direct family, I will say that my uncle Antoine is someone that like losing him was major and he deserved to be alone. He, he deserved to be here a lot longer okay, right, man. than he was. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. It, I don't know. It, it, it's such a weird thing to like trying to navigate because it's inherently selfish to feel loss when someone dies because it's a it's a it's a one-sided argument. It's a one-sided discussion. Like no matter what, hmm. the person that you want to have that discussion with isn't there. So anything that I say gets reflected off of a wall or a mirror or well, whatever that back comes to me. Down yeah, to with or about religion. Yeah. Yeah. And and for me, like I I don't have the safety blanket of we'll all be together again someday. Like that's just, that's not a fairy tale that has ever worked in my head. And regardless of if I said it out loud, it doesn't like, that's not how I feel. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have to deal with the fact that I got time on this earth with my brother, William, and I, I don't have any more time and I get mad about it and I get sad about it. And I, I get happy about it because before we adopted him and his twin brother. I was an only child. And there are parts of me that are still an only child. There are parts of me that are selfish. There are parts of me that don't, don't want anyone else to have attention around Mm. me because as a child of split parents, I figured out really quickly that the fastest way to tactile affection was to, you know, play them off of each other. Like, what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? What can I get? Right. (laughs) And it sucks that like, that was basically like the first soil that I had that I infected (laughs) with that fertilizer, you know, and that's, it's still there. Like, I feel that way when 
if I don't get like invited to something, like I feel, I still feel <laughs> like we were yeah. talking about with rye whiskey earlier. There's that like black pepper bite where it's not like it doesn't. I'm not like wait, we're not friends. But there's like oh shit, <laughs> that's that's a little spicy. Uh, and then there's like there's the people in my family uh, who have just chosen to not be around, and that sucks because that's a loss that also is one sided on their end. They just, they were just like, no, no, nothing's wrong. I just really don't want to be around you. And like internalizing that sucks. Oh, okay. But my brother, William, it's so tough because like, I look at him like he was the best of us, right? Like this was a kid who went to St. Olaf for a teaching degree and then chose to move up to the Red Lake uh, Native American Reservation and try and, and teach kids there for a lot less money and a lot less benefits because that's the environment that he came from and he wanted to try and give back. Mm -hmm. And at no point did he worry about, well, well, what if I don't have like, like a cool house to entertain at? Or what if I don't have a new TV or what if I like that? Just, it just wasn't him. He was like, I have to do this. And I remember as a kid watching him do that, like, you know, if we found, you know, uh, like a random, like a wild bunny that had hurt itself somehow, like he would passionately try and figure out like what, you know, he was just, he was just a good human mm -hmm. and it wasn't motivated by anything else than that. And nice. my struggle has been most of the people that I have lost that I really care about were people that I would have said at any given day were better people than I am. And I try to figure out like, what can I take from that? And how can I apply that to like where I'm going forward? And I fail at it all the time. Like I feel <laughs> my, my, my brother William did not have like, I have a very outward giant laugh. He had more of like a snicker, but every now and then I'll hear it in the back <laughs> of my ear when he's like, God, you're so bad at this. And like, it's, you know, like I, I, I'm trying. And I think that, that's where I've ended up is I try to think of like, like you said, honor, right? It's to me, it's honor, but it's also continuation. It's what did I love about who that person was, right? What did I love about who my brother was? How do I carry that with me? Because I know that <laughs> as much as I want to pretend that I might be able to turn into like a, like a, just a really, really super kind person. I know that I'm still like partly that partly shitbag, and I'll, <laughs> I carry with me the fact that like, if William being with me helps me be a better person, even if it's just like a fraction, then I'm honoring his memory, Yeah. but I'm also furthering his legacy. It's the fact right, that, right, right. yeah, as far as this world is concerned, he stopped being a thing in September 24th of 2019. But as far as I'm convinced, he's still fighting. He's still pushing. He's still doing things. It's just he has to do it with a proxy. He has to do it with me. He has to do it with his twin brother, Tony. He has to do it with my mom. He has to keep pushing that forward. And I think that that's, that was something that I had a tough time like wrapping my head around. But it's also something that I think is really... I think it's cool. I think it's, I think it's healthy to say, I would like to take the best parts of somebody that I love and carry them with me. Mm -hmm. 
And every now and then, yeah, my shoulder is going to be sore because it's a little heavier because I have to think about why I'm carrying them. But at the same time, eventually I'll get strong enough that that won't matter anymore and I can keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, you know, I, I'm still not quite all the way there in like writing that out as a full philosophy, but that's, that's kind of where I feel, you know? And it had been a couple of years since I had been to a Timberwolves game. And uh, again, just for all of our listeners, I do want to throw out that I asked both of these humans if this was okay to ask as a question. So again, I wasn't, you know, this wasn't like a surprise, but I do want to say there is, when, when I first met you and we started doing things, Elliot was absolutely a part of a lot of those conversations, right? Yeah. Seeing you do your thing now, especially, uh, you know, after Linda also leaving us, the joy in your face when you're throwing down, like when you're you're up on the big screen. It it's it just seems like such like an honest joy. And I think the reason that I wanted to ask you that question was like to see if if you feel that. Cuz it could also just be subconscious. It could also just be behind you. But yeah, it's a little bit I think if I know what you're saying, which I think I do, it's like a little bit of both. Yeah. It is joy like pure joy like when i started when i first got my first turntable i wanted to do dj battles and battle people and put together these crazy hardcore hip-hop dj turntablist sets that would just blow people's minds you know and it took many years to actually get to that level (laughs) but like that's what i'm doing at the target center every time i uh, have a set i'm like a performance artist and it's these dj battle style sets and my mom would come to battles dude elliot would be at every battle when I, in, in the very beginning there, before he passed away, like he was my number one fan for real because he would be bringing like his boys. He'd be bringing his boys, his girls. Yeah. I'd have my girlfriend finally, uh, <laughs> and she'd be there. Cool, great. But like I'd have a faction there, you know what I mean? And they'd be like totally supporting me and stuff. So, um, so it's, it's the joy of knowing like I'm doing what I originally set out to do. Yep. But it's also a realization that, like, a DJ has now become much more than, like, your skills on the turntables, your knowledge of music, your ability to read the crowd, which is still, all those things are number one. But a very close number two is your stage presence. And, like, people will straight up hire DJs just because of their, quote-unquote, their look. You know, how are they dressed? How are they dripped down? How are they, um, you know, bobbing to the music? And how are they on the microphone, you know? And just all those sure. things, like, go into, like, especially high-level bookings and stuff. Like, especially nowadays, we are just seeing an uptick in that. Like, it isn't just about the skills anymore. It's about how you are on the stage and how you're presenting yourself, especially if you're on camera, you know? And, like, that's right. why I try not to be, like, all smiley and stuff because, like, I'm playing, like, braggadocious, testosterone-filled hip-hop, you know? It's not very smiley music, but, like, I'm bobbing to the music and I'm moving with the beat. And you can tell, like, what I'm playing, I love. Yeah. And, like, when I go see a DJ and I watch him spin, and, I like, back in the days when Get Cryfy was going on, like, when I'd see Plain Old yeah. Bill and I'd see Jimmy Two Times DJ, they were so into what they were doing. It was, so real. It was contagious. And shout out to both those dudes because they inspired a lot of us. Yeah, they inspired me how I perform to this day yeah. in, like, A-Track. Like, you just have to sell the music not sell, but like 
you have to be kind of the personification of the music that you're playing. Sure. Because people are watching you, you know, whether you're yeah. on stage in front it's of... It's not just about the... Yeah, it's not just about the sound because you're visible. Right. You're there. Well, right. think, think, about, think about going to like like uh, like an orchestra, right? Like going back to the conductor thing. Of course. Like if, if there was somebody just like... Just moving the the baton with their wrist Are you up and down, with your stature, like, like you wouldn't even know. But when you go Absolutely. see the best conductors, they're like up all shoulders and everything is going yeah. on. Like you have world class long coattails, yeah, flailing like, arms. I guarantee you <laughs> yeah. that first chair violin, first chair oboe, first chair. Like they don't need you doing that. But you <laughs> right, know who right. does? The crowd. That's they true. need to feel like wow. they're a part of that show. That's because good. they're watching the person working hard to direct everybody to do the thing. Right. And that that is your link. The conduit to the orchestra is the conductor. Mm-hmm. That's to me, that's always it. And that's that's the DJ. That's the MC. That's who you set it off. It's not you doing the thing, but it's you being the conduit to the connection between the crowd and the action. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, fucking A. Fucking A, man. Cheers to still having a chair. <laughs> yeah. Right? I can't believe After that we have survived. We, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it we is, still have a chair, so cheers to that, fellas. Yeah. And uh, to everybody out there, uh, if you've uh, experienced loss in your life, I do want to say uh, mad love. If you ever feel like you're alone in that, please, again, uh, reach out. Like, send us messages. Uh, I, I don't ever want anyone to feel like they're alone in loss or grief and if giggling along with our idiocy as we do but sometimes getting real might be a, a window yeah. in some would, ways we're together and correct we 100 yeah, yeah and feel free to together. holler out holler to me as well if yeah. you've lost a brother or a mother you want to get my take on things like um I love responding to people. Hit me up in the DMs and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook because it's not like yes, I'm getting sir. flooded, you know? And so the ones I get, I'm, I'm looking at, and, yeah. like, if it takes a little bit to respond, I'm sorry, but same thing, open window yeah. if you guys uh, want to talk about some real serious things. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Nick, where can people uh, yes. find you, both if they want to buy a ticket and see you professionally, but mm-hmm. also find you on socials? So, yeah, I mean, the, the easiest thing is to just Google DJ Mad Mardigan. That's M-A-D-M-A-R-D-I-G-A-N. We didn't get into this, but a lot of people are like, where'd you get that? What's that coming from? Mad Mardigan! It's a uh, movie reference, a classic 1980s adventure film um, starring Val Kilmer, who plays the greatest swordsman that ever lived. And his name is Mad Mardigan. TNT! My, my brother... Elora uh, Dannon. <laughs> If you call me a peck one more time, I'll t- throw this acorn at you and turn you to stone. <laughs> anyway, you can Google DJ Mad Mardigan, and we spelled it wrong unintentionally in the beginning, but it paid off in the end because now you'll see pictures of me and not Phil Kilmer when you Google my name. But um, Instagram wow. is my favorite thing right now. Uh, I'm big on stories and reels, and you know I, I share all my content to my other pages. But at DJ Mad Martigan on my Instagram is where you'll find the majority of my stuff. But DJMadMartigan.com is where you'll see um, just highlight stuff, uh, my resume, uh, some cool vid- updated videos, but then also my schedule so you can see where I'm performing live. Love it, Charles. Uh, if people want to talk to you directly or see some content that you got going out mm, they cannot 
Ooh. <laughs> Fuck them. That's what Denied. I say. <laughs> Listen, instead of following either one of us on our own personal social medias, please either do it yourself or tell one of your friends to like, like, subscribe, yeah. do something on one of Yo. our libations for everyone. Just listen to the podcast. Yeah, listen we, to the podcast. Listen, tell your friends. Hold up. Hold listen. up. Listen. We don't, we don't give a shit about anything else. Just listen to the podcast. If you like it. If you don't, stop listening. <laughs> All right. That's That'd it. That'd be funny if they you were like three hours deep like if we are right now. And they were it. like, you know what? Not I am me. done. Yeah. No, Pause. No, that's not even being cocky. It's just we always talk about like yeah. social media and rating and yeah. stuff. No. If you like the podcast, listen to yeah. it. I think it's all right. We are, right? I think it's pretty good. I think it's fairly fire. It's, it's, it's straight fairly. fire, really. All right. So then, uh, well, thanks a lot for uh, for tuning in then. Uh, you know, right. Hopefully, you know, it's coming next time and add a little bit of color to your life. We're going to spell like C-O-L-O-U-R. That's color. That's how we say it right here. Uh, again, UK's best oh. fucking podcast. Bam, 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 bam. BBC Ooh. One Extra. Libations for everyone. That's right, man. <laughs> Tell your mates. Cheers. Yeah, 151, yeah, digits, alright, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20, <laughs> 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, and yes, it's 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, and 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 49, 50, 50, yeah, 50, yeah, 50, well, alright, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 150! Yeah, 150!